listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Alex. Oh, yes. You can hear things. I can hear things now. You can. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is our yearly Halloween special. Very yeah. exciting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spooky. Here we go. It's like it's like we disappeared for a really long time and then came back just <laughs> in time for Halloween. And it wasn't planned in any way, shape, or form. We didn't decide that we were going to jump in at this point. It wasn't the spooky season right. that made us realize that maybe we enjoyed hanging around with one another and we should do a podcast again. Yeah, we even tried to throw people off the scent by starting in September. Mm. That's true. It wasn't like we hopped on the bandwagon. No, we didn't do any of those things. No, we've been here and we're back with our greatest hits. We, our yeah. greatest hit. Yeah. That, yes. That's Singular, actually the singular better hit. It, we're like, we're like Rick Astley. We came out with one song that sounded amazing and then we turned around and changed two notes and released another song. Mm. I was not aware of that part of his Rick. two biggest singles sound exactly alike. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what's his other single? What is his other single? You're no never going to give you up is the first one, right? That's yeah, that's, that's like the biggest one. And then there's, there's, there's more Rick Astley. I like his dance moves. I like when he does his backflip off the wall. Mm. Together forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They do sound, yeah. Uh, they do sound uh, super similar. Yeah. It's literally mm-hmm. I actually uh, like that song Vanilla better, Ice versus Queen. Except he's paying royalties to himself. It goes dun 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 that's exactly what it's like. That's exactly like what what coming back to the podcast airwaves has been like for all of us. Um, like vanilla ice. Yeah, we vanilla just changed. Ice. We changed yeah. two notes. We just but... changed two notes and came right back and said we're brand new. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of it more as like a like a Nicole Richie story. You know, she did like the simple life with Paris Hilton, and then she mm-hmm. kind of disappeared for a little while. Yeah, because she didn't do a porno. Yeah, and then she came back, and then all of a sudden she was like a fashion mogul. It's true because yeah. she didn't do a porno. Because she didn't. Yeah, do but Paris Hilton beat her to that because wasn't she? Didn't she get into fashion first? Yeah, but Paris Hilton was like Y two K fashion, not like actual fashion. That's fair. Is that like like you need to update your drivers to prevent the end of the world fashion? Like <laughs> I don't understand. It's what like Y2K where your thong used to come out of your pants. Oh, whale tailing. Mm. Whale tailing. A lot of sequins. Um, Jersey like Shore. White. Powdery eyeshadow, you know, silver. Christina Coors. Aguilera. Coors, Dennis. <laughs> Britney Spears. The Is first that socially <laughs> acceptable to say? In what did you say? Coors. Oh, Coors. Coors. <laughs> yeah, you know, why'd you get bubbles? Bubble chairs. Mm, that's, yeah. Okay. No, but whatever. No, but okay, 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 okay. I'll send you a picture. I'll keep... Of a whale tail? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that cr- <laughs> I assume you know what that looks like. Yes. No, of Y2K fashion. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just didn't realize that this was a thing <laughs> at all. I don't think I've ever heard it reference as Y2K fashion, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay. Well, uh, today I learned... Juicy uh, couture bodies or jumpsuits. Um, yeah. I don't. I really just am so out of touch. Pink. 
things where the words are spread on the butt. Juicy. Do you pants. remember Juicy Butt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Velour okay. tracksuits. Okay. Vel- yes. I am familiar with velour tracksuits. Belly track chains. Belly chains. Belly ch- okay. Butterfly clips. Well, I thought that was more of a 90s thing. It transcends generations. That's Suddenly true. it all makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Overalls. Apparently all you needed to say was was <laughs> belly, belly rings. <laughs> belly, and, belly chains. Yeah, and, and I suddenly... And words on the butt. Mm-hmm. Totally got everything that you were saying. Um, now that that makes total sense yeah, Sorry, to I don't know why we started talking about that. <laughs> I'm Palmer, and as always, I'm joined by Alex. I am your fashion guru <laughs> for Y2K fashion. <laughs> and Sam. I've got the perfect belly for a belly chain. Uh, I, Skinny scarves. You should, you should stop toying with my emotions and do it. <laughs> Next year, can we dress up as Y2K fashion for, uh, for Halloween? Any excuse for you to let my gut hang out way beyond its means. Yeah. I will literally stuff myself. I will start in OnlyFans just so I have incentive to gorge myself and then, and then just let it all hang loose. I would, all right. It's a plan. Like more so than it usually does. You're putting on masks. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm down for it. Right. <laughs> I'm absolutely down for it. So we saw uh, a little movie called Halloween Kills, which we're going to be talking about in depth later in this podcast. But yep. when we when we went to go see said movie, we got uh, bombarded with trailers. It was like a half an hour oh of trailers. God, it, what? It, it really was. Um, it it was almost at the point where that Family Guy gag. <laughs> Where Peter is in the theater and he's like, oh, the movie, great. And then it just shows another preview leading into another preview <laughs> leading into another preview. And, oh, what's this? And every time it's a new preview, he thinks it's the movie starting. I felt that. Yeah, that yeah. was It that was, was very exciting because I do like previews. I and like, there, there were some really good trailers. And it starts off very exciting, right? Because it's the first time we've been to a theater in a while. And, yeah. you know, seeing it on the big screen and some of the... Trailers I had seen online, mm-hmm. but they were better in the theater. But oh. they were. There was. It's. I mean, you're right. When we walked out of the movie, Sam was like, "Damn it! It was great to see a, mm-hmm. a film in theaters again." And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's something about like but the sound the, and everything. Yeah, but there's something the about a 140 inch screen and surround sound. Yeah, yeah. But even the amount of trailers started to get a little yeah a tedious, little wearing a little tedious. But uh, I know. Last night in Soho is the one that I'm like most excited for, but mm-hmm. you know, the trailer seeing that in theaters wasn't going to change my mind. Um, the black phone looked dope. It looked, it did look. It dope. looked super creepy, especially because it's like a kid trapped in a basement. Yeah, and see, that's the movie that I was. Remember, I couldn't remember last episode what movie I told you that you needed to watch to give a chance. Uh-huh. It was Sinister. Oh, Sinister. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched it? No, I haven't yet. And then, I still haven't watched The Night House, dude. I've been I bought that movie like two weeks ago. I still haven't watched it. And then the trailer that got Palmer's attention was The Devil's Light. Yes, oh, The Devil. Yeah. That did look really good. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know. I had never even heard of that. No, that was the first time I had seen it. Everything else. Uh, well, that, I hadn't heard of The Black Phone either. Um, but the, the other major ones we saw, I'd heard of. Um, so, yeah, Devil's Light. I'm, I'm intrigued. Didn't by. we talk about The Black Phone? We did. Wasn't We've talked the about that because it had Ethan Hawke and yeah. it's from the director of Sinister. We talked about it on the podcast. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um, I didn't, hadn't seen the Resident Evil. Yeah, I had neither. I actually thought that was a TV show because it did not 
look like it was very high budget. Okay. Um, it also just didn't look like a movie trailer. Yeah, I looked over at Sam and I was like, is this the Resident <laughs> Evil TV show that Netflix is doing? Yeah, and I why is it part of the trailers? I, I mean, I've, I've seen shows get done as trailers and as lead-ins to movies before, um, mm. but usually they're like... But I thought we had already started or... like the, mm. the trailers for the movies, so I was ca- I was like really surprised. Yeah. What was Nightmare at? What was it? Nightmare Alley? Nightmare Alley. Uh, we talked about that one a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. That's the one that's got like that crazy ensemble cast. Um, yeah. With uh, Bradley that. Cooper's in it. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, of course. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Hawk! Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the new Guillermo del Toro yes. picture. The more horror one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, did, um, that, that also looked good. Yeah, it was, yeah. A good, it was a good set of trailers for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I almost finished all my popcorn. They cr- <laughs> I, I did. By the time it was over. I pretty much did. <laughs> they crammed in pretty much everything they could. Uh to to get your your attention if you're a horror fan, mm-hmm. and, and it was interesting because the amount of trailers that they showed in Don't Breathe was not nearly, which was the last movie I thought saw in theaters, right? Was not nearly as, as many. many. Huh. There were like four. When I went to go hmm. see that um, M Night Shyamalan movie, I don't remember being there being that many trailers either. Yeah, I wonder if it was just because this one's like such. They were really anticipating a good turnout for this film. There was a whole five people in that theater. Did was, you see? That's the most I've seen in West Tower. <laughs> <laughs> that five people includes three of the three of us. us. Yeah, that's, that's the most I've seen in West Tower. I love how Sam, when he walked in, didn't realize there were two other people I had no in there. Idea. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> screaming. I had no idea. I was like, there's other people in we there. We did. We thought we had the whole theater to ourselves for a moment. Yeah. And then two more people walked in on top of that. Oh, oh did so they? there were seven. Yeah, there were seven. In total. Yeah, because they sat in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> Snorted. <laughs> I had no idea. I was yeah. cracking jokes the whole movie like I'm watching this shit at home. Right. <laughs> Whatever. It I is don't think anybody is. cares. No. Yeah, not at West Tower. No. No. They're all they're all probably like rolling on bath salts <laughs> and just trying to like come down. I'm sorry, what, what do you, do you think, think about West my Tower? neighborhood? What yeah. do you think West Tower is? West Tower is what I it's like it's like I think he the, thinks we live in like a crack neighborhood no, or something. I don't at all. <laughs> what a, what is this But like West Tower itself theater? is like the isolated like every time I walk in there I'm transported back to yes. like a different time. The Y two K. It's it's, it's, it's because the seats don't recline. It's grungier and it's like sad. <laughs> and I just imagine there are a lot of people just doing will, all sorts of drugs I and going to see movies. The sad there. part because the kid that was working that night that got us our popcorn was having like the worst night ever. Was he? Um, and the credit card machine kept breaking, and so oh, it took yeah. it took like ten minutes for me to like be able to pay because it just like wouldn't accept it. Yeah. And he was just like cursing and muttering under his breath. The guy who gave us the tickets. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I was so he high was, when he I was, was <laughs> But see, see what I'm saying? <laughs> People go there on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And then I lost my thing. ticket like right away. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't leave. So you felt isolated there. Yeah. I was like, oh my see? god, I lost it. See, it's not just me. Everybody does drugs who goes to West Tower. Uh, I'm sorry, weed is legal. Okay, you're right. Is it still right. a drug? Uh, if it's legal, it wasn't. Wasn't spice legal here for a little yes, while? It was. Yes, yeah. it was. Was that a drug? I don't know. <laughs> people jumping out of windows at one point. Yeah, yeah, I think so, if I remember right. Mm. <laughs> Nobody zombie face ate on spice, as far as I know, though. So. Mm. I've heard, I, you want to talk about stuff 
Was it was it you that I was talking to about acid the other day? Uh, maybe. I don't think so, though. There was somebody I was talking to about acid the other day. And I was like, they, we were discussing acid versus mushrooms. Oh, that was me. Was it you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I was just like, you, you just got to just go for it and try some acid and yep. and and make it happen. Because then a you don't little have to shit dabble, your... do you? Yeah, you, you don't shit your guts out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> What if I'm hungry? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I digress. Yes, Uh, as we tend to do. If you haven't done acid, you should. Everybody should do acid at least once. Well, okay, maybe. Um, I mean, I guess unless you have like some medical complications or like you know you're a little fucked up in the head or like. But like recognize that you have those things before you do acid, and if you're like a totally perfect, not perfect, but like same person, totally perfect person like me, <laughs> just go for it and have some fun, man. Yeah. Like you know, you could probably microdose acid too. You could probably. Um, I'm sure I should start that microdosing acid. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Charles Manson, calm down. <laughs> Just go hang out with my brother-in-law. <laughs> but he doesn't microdose. He microdoses mushrooms, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. That's which is n- pretty normal. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people out there are microdosing acid. Um, well, they may be. Maybe. Yeah. I don't really know what the cool kids are doing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the uh, the the. Yeah, let's call them cool kids. <laughs> if you're microdosing, then it's a cool kid thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So something, somebody shot somebody. Oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, um, maybe we should stop talking about. It. And <sighs> a pretty big it was, name. It was shot eerily, somebody. Yeah, it was eerily similar to uh, an event that happened about a movie that we just talked did about. Did we not manifest too long ago. this? I wonder if we did. Actually, I wonder if we had something to do with. Do you this. remember that conversation we had? During the podcast, like, how often does this happen? And then at one point, I think we said, do you think this will happen again in the future? And I think we all were like... And it's been a month. And and I think we all... I vaguely remember saying, like, yeah, I think it will probably happen sometime in the future soon. I need to to stop dabbling in chaos magic. I was definitely expecting it to happen to, like, some no-name situation. But uh, It's so tragic. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this for a bit, uh, and for anybody that wants to skip ahead, this this is going to be pretty big. Um, well, yeah. So we're about to give because I'm an uneducated plebe mm. about this. I'm aware that somebody shot somebody. I'm aware of some of the details behind it. But Sam, I Sam went down a rabbit been, hole last weekend. Sam has been like a famous journalist that I can't even think of the name of one. He needs a Pulitzer <laughs> for the amount of shit that he has regurgitated upon this page. Yeah, I, I went down a very long rabbit hole over the course of the week and talked to quite a few people about it. Woodward and Bernstein are two famous journalists. Go. Thank you. <laughs> I can't think of one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so this is this is kind of an update on what happened on the set of Russ. This is also kind of an update on everything going on with IATS. At least talking about a Family Guy journalist. I don't know. Oh, Christina. See, reporters, I feel like are different than journalists because I yeah. can name reporters. Yeah. I was thinking about like the the written print journalist. Uh, okay. Okay. So. If you're tired of hearing about IATSE and you already feel like you know what you need to know about what happened on Russ, go ahead and skip ahead like 20 minutes. 20, 25? 20 minutes. I'm going to try you, to keep I'm it to that. give yourself 25. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but last week I said I was going to stop talking about this until the ratification process was done, but obviously something happened. So if you don't pay attention to Hollywood, <laughs> you've probably still heard about what happened we on the set of Russ. We absolutely manifested this. Yeah, we, we told you. I so told you. We're, we're also sorry ourselves. Uh, so Alec Baldwin, 
the famous Alec Baldwin, the terror of the right for his portrayal on Saturday Night Live of uh, Donald Trump, uh, shot and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured the director Joel Souza. Souza? I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, so I've spoken, like I said, I've spoken to a couple of people that are either in the film industry or part of IATSE and we'll be sprinkling in some of their comments as I go. We're still in the early stages of he the investigation. He did interviews, you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in retrospect, like Alex mentioned, how we manifested this when we talked about it on The Crow, we're going to dive into this a little bit. So some background information on IATSE that I learned about by talking to a union president. Um, they capped their work week at 65 hours. Uh, and there's 152,000 members, which has doubled from the last 20 years, uh, which is pretty unheard of uh, for any industry. Um, the contract that's under negotiation that we've been talking about is known as the Hollywood Basic Agreement, and currently what membership knows about it is the summary document, so pretty much bullet points outlining everything they've talked about. Okay. And what they've been waiting to do is ratify all the legalese that's getting written out. Uh, it's In comparison to the STC, which I'll mention more in a bit, uh, it's literally just reading a legal document. The STC document, which is available online, uh, you can pull up and read and understand everything uh, as, you know, as long as you've gone to high school. Um, the STC is a nine-hour turnaround. In sorry, the, middle schoolers. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Not for you. Um, so currently, a lot of a lot of unions have eight-hour turnarounds. The SCT, STCU has a nine-hour turnaround, and one of the points that they've argued for in the Hollywood Basic is a 10-hour turnaround that we talked about in the last couple of weeks. And here's one of the important parts in the STCU. Article 25, no worker should be placed in imminent danger, which takes educated membership to utilize. Uh, The quote that I got from the union president was, if somebody in the union is working and they say, I think I'm in a place of imminent danger, I'm not going to do that, whatever they've been told to do. Uh Um, They've got the full rights to do it, at which point the union steps in to evaluate everything. Um, And this is something that is commonly found in pretty much all uh, union contracts. There's not a lot of boilerplate that's shared across these (laughs) contracts, but uh, safety, things like that are Mm -hmm. pretty standard. Um, And then workplace safety is hard. The question that he made, his union is not part of the film trade. It's part of the live performance trade. So it's a little bit different. Uh, so he said, how do you make safety the number one priority on set though, when everything so much happens, everything happens so much on the fly, you know, you're, you're changing things at the last second just to get things to work, uh, because it's different crews on movies every time. And, you know, movie production lasts a few months, right? Um, you're constantly going through and teaching your processes over and over and over again, every time you start a new project. Whereas Mm -hmm. with the, the live performance side, it's usually the same people that are working on these things for decades. Right. So you go through like training refreshers, um, but ultimately like they've been there long enough. They know all of the normal safety rules. Um, but as far as the Hollywood basic agreement, it's a three year deal. They're six months past the expiration of the last deal. So by the time this one gets ratified, there's going to be two and a half years left on the deal. And we're going to be right back to this. Uh, one of the, the two biggest sticking points that he's heard of at this point are the cost of living adjustments, which when, his point was that, you know, when this was first negotiated eight months ago, it was a different world. Right. Um, right. And so they set it at like three or three and a half percent for cost of living. And now inflation being like five point something percent. Mm-hmm. He said, you can't go back and regressively renegotiate that. Okay. You can't negotiate backwards. That makes um, sense. And then, I guess. Yeah. And right. then residuals are the other big sticking point. We've talked about this before with the streaming services and how mm-hmm. they're encountered. Um, the LA Times noted that these are often saddled with rates and residuals that the IA claims are f- unfairly discounted and bereft of pension hours due to their classification as new media. 
So that's been one of the big sticking points with the negotiations. Um, right. And with this one, it's no different than any other vote in the United States. A lot of folks are often disengaged, and then they vote. And after they vote, when they've learned a couple of things or seen a bunch of shit online, whether it's true or not, then they decide to get engaged. But at this point, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't necessarily have all the information they ha- need to make an informed decision. He mentioned, the, the union president I spoke to said that, you know, his gut feeling as far as whether or not this gets ratified is a toss-up. He said 50-50. He's really, really not sure. Okay. Um, but he did, he did mention that the last Hollywood Basic Agreement, everybody was saying it wasn't going to get ratified, but it did. Okay. Um, so on t- not totally out of the park. Yeah. Uh, so on to Rust, uh, the set of Alec Baldwin's new film, a prop gun that he was handed to rehearse the scene, discharge, striking, and killing Helena and injuring, injuring Joel. Uh, some of the details around this uh, are that mornings typically started at 6.30 in the morning with breakfast, but that day they were behind schedule because a six-person camera crew recently walked off the job complaining about working conditions, including safety procedures, pay, and housing, and a new crew was brought in. Hmm. The LA Times uh, apparently reached uh, said that a settlement was reached as the workers of the IA later spent about an hour setting up their gear, but several non-union workers reportedly showed up to replace them, and a member of the production staff told the disgruntled crew to leave, so the actual union members were told to leave at this point. And then they have non-union people working? Any- yeah. Okay. So the production staff were threatened to call in security to remove the workers if they didn't go voluntarily. So we've talked about hours issues before, short turnarounds, uh, the new contract having guarantees for 54-hour weekends, but those are up to the unions. One person I spoke to introduced me to the STCU, which is the Service Trades Council Union, which is specifically for uh, live union live performance uh, union members down in Florida. Uh, and it's publicly available online. He said that every contract is going to have language around hours, breaks, lunches, time off, and pay written into them, um, including pay rates for you know normal time, double time, one and a half, and all that. Um, right. Because one of the questions that I had asked uh, pretty much everyone I talked to was the idea of, like, if you know you're getting paid more, especially around the holidays, because I think we talked about this last week, with the holidays coming up, if you go on strike, mm-hmm. you're losing out on all the money that you would need for, like, presents and stuff. But if you know the holidays are coming up, can you go and just say, like, I'm going to work extra hours because I know I get paid that much more? Mm-hmm. Most contracts say that you can't voluntarily go over um, those hours to get the double pay rate. You get one and a half time, which is still a lot. Um, but overtime really is where the money is. One of the directors I spoke to, who's not a union member um, and does a lot of indie stuff, said that working on overtime uh, is where the big money is. You get a 10-hour day, but four hours of overtime or more is a lot of extra money. But isn't that like any job that does hourly wage, though? Yeah. yeah. Like double time, like even yeah. when you work in retail. Like that's... But like a lot of retail jobs don't do like overtime. You don't like get 1.5. Unless it's during the holidays. Yeah, maybe during the holidays. Yeah, that's but normally, true. no. Yeah. Um, so back to Rust. Alec Baldwin and the crew members began rehearsing a scene in the Rustic Church, uh, broke for lunch, and then returned to the set. Uh, according to one of the sources that I spoke to, lunch is typically set six hours after the start of the day. Thank you for asking a question about lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I didn't want to be uncouth. What, what, types of, what types of foods are eaten? What time lunch? is lunch? How long is How lunch? Long is l- <laughs> um, and so lunch I is usually... I am curious. It, it is written into these contracts. Yeah. It's either 30 minutes or an hour. Um, and with the STCU, none of the, none of the lunches are moved. But if they are, there's a clause that says that you get uh, like extra pay if your lunch is moved. Okay. Um, but the, the director I spoke to said lunch is typically set for six hours after the start of the day, at which point t- folks tend to get tired, Yeah. which is why craft services feeds everybody all the time to keep them going. During the day. During the day. So it's not just they are eating during the day. Yeah. Should they be? 
have time. Yeah, right. So on the set of Russ, assistant director Dave Halls fetched a prop gun from a cart outside the church and yelled cold gun, indicating it was unloaded. Hall said uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, who is the head armor, typically opened the hatch of the gun and spun the drum which is uh, for this revolver, uh, but he couldn't recall if she had done that before the shooting. And she's new, right? She's new, yeah. We're going to talk about her a little bit in depth uh, in a bit. He said he only remembered seeing three rounds in the gun uh, and advised that he should have checked them but didn't, uh, according to Fox 11 LA. He then handed the gun to Alec Baldwin, who sat in a church pew facing the camera and crew. Baldwin was demonstrating a cross draw where you pull a gun from the holster on the opposite side of your body and with your draw hand. So if you're right-handed, you pull from your left. Okay. Right. Uh, Hall took the gun to Gutierrez Reed afterwards, said he saw five rounds in the gun. At least four of them were dummy rounds, indicated by a hole in the side of uh, and a cap on the round. He also said there was a casing in the gun that did not have the cap and did not have the hole, indicating it was a dummy. Uh, this is all available in the warrant that came out. So this happened around 2 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. Uh, Salza told deputies he was viewing the scene through the camera and nearby monitors when he heard what sounded like a whip and then a loud pop. Hutchins stumbled backwards and slumped to the floor, clutching her stomach and saying she couldn't feel her legs. Oh my God. Salza, who was standing beside her, noticed blood on his shoulder. Oh, my God. On the 911 call that was placed by the script supervisor, originally obtained by TMZ, which I hate that I had to go to TMZ to find this, but this they're is what they're for. The sc- they're, I mean, they're this, in Hollywood. Yeah, they're that's, on it. That's what they do. This is what they're for. The caller began cursing at an unidentified person about gun safety on the set, saying, oh okay, God. this fucking blank that yelled at me at lunch asking about revisions, this motherfucker... Uh, she says, apparently to someone nearby with the call bleeping out the name of who she was referencing and continuing on to say that he, the unnamed person in reference, is supposed to check the gun. He is responsible. Who Helena, is it that made the call? Halls. The, the assist- armorer? No, no, no. The assistant director. Oh, oh okay. I just okay. like, but this is, this. so this is, this is my first like. Save your rage. Save your rage. Point of contention. I can't though because the event, we're just talking about the event. Yeah. Why... As an actor, if you're Alec fucking Baldwin... I've got a very specific question for you when I get to him. <sighs> and it, it is this question. So just hold we'll, on. We'll hold get on to, to it. All right. All right. So Helena was airlifted to the University of New Mexico Hospital where she was pronounced dead. Joel was transported to, by ambulance to Chris's St. Vincent Regional Medical Center where he was undergoing treatment for injuries. I believe at this point he's been released. Okay. According to Liz Picos, uh, president of IATSE Local 480, her death should not have happened. Union sets should be safe sets. One of the individuals I spoke to also echoed similar sentiments in a more direct fashion, saying, we're not supposed to be dying for this industry. Days before this happened, Helena had posted a photo of the crew on Facebook with the caption, Aratsi Solidarity Stand on Rust. As a member of the Cinematographer's Guild and Sousa, a member of the Director's Guild, which are both parts of Aratsi, I went looking for more information about the union as a whole, and I spoke to a member who is, uh, like I mentioned, not a member of the film guilds with Stagecraft for Life Productions, and he explained that Aratsi, which I didn't know, um, covers all sorts of different technical unions. So when we first talked about this, we said it was uh, the contract uh, with 60,000 people ratifying to, or signing off to go on strike. Right. I thought that was IATSE. IATSE is way bigger. It's 150,000 oh. people. Oh, my. So it's like and it covers, it covers everything. Okay. Um, hmm. He said his job, is, his job in particular is similar to those that you would see on movie sets, uh, such as lighting or sound. Uh, where there is some crossover, but it is a different department based on the technical expertise and what you're actually doing. Okay. He that did say, sense. regarding a potential strike in contract negotiations that we discussed, I asked how that would impact him, and he said that it wouldn't directly, since he's not part of that uh, union in particular that works with motion pictures and television. But he did say that if the strike does happen, he and other IATSE members that are not part of the film union would do what they could to support the union as a whole. 
one of the things this brought up was how does this work when you've got Disney, Paramount, Universal, where they do movies, but they've also got theme parks and all sorts of stuff and streaming services now, Mm -hmm. where all of those are technically handled by different parts of the unions. Uh, Could those companies, in theory, shuffle the employees around? If you have a similar skill set and you work at a theme park, could they take you and move you to a, a movie lot? He told me the companies could, obviously. They could do what they want. Right. But they wouldn't, because then you're leaving a hole in the old position that you then have to go and fill. And they know they'd be forcing a union member into the position of being a scab, which isn't good for anybody. Mm -hmm. Because of all the pieces that are tied together, one of the things you could see, though, are streaming services getting cut or walkouts in support of those. Okay. So about what happened on Rust and starting with Dave Hall, because at this point, he's at the center of this whole thing. And as far as I found, including looking this uh, afternoon before we started recording tonight, um, I still couldn't see anything about him making a statement. And he's the assistant director. He's the assistant director. Okay. So, the one who handed the gun the to one, Alec Baldwin and, and, and said it was cold. cold gun. Cold. Yeah. Which means that there's nothing in the gun or that it's no no live no, no live rounds. Yeah. Okay, no so blanks rounds. are not considered. No, but blanks are very distinguishable from, right. from Yeah, so live blanks image. have a cap on them and a hole in the side. Okay. So you can um, hand that, someone a So that's I, that's not true for all blanks. Well, apparently for film production blanks. Okay. Right. okay. Um, so Dave Halls was fired from the set of Freedom's Path in 2019 after a crew member incurred a minor injury when a gun was unexpectedly discharged. Oh my God. Uh, he was removed from set immediately after the prop gun discharge and production did not resume filming until he was off site and an incident report was taken and filed at that time. Hmm. As more information came out, he was also revealed that he previously worked on a project for Bloomhouse for Into the Dark and was accused of having an unsafe set. Oh. Uh, according to prop maker Maggie Gall, at first he seemed like an older, affable person. Uh, with the usual run of idiosyncrasies, but that facade soon dis- disappeared. He did not maintain a safe working environment. Uh, sets were almost always allowed to become increasingly claustrophobic. There were no established fire lanes. Exits were blocked, and safety meetings were non-existent. She said that in one instance on set, Halls tried to keep filming even after the lead pyrotechnic person had suffered a med- medical emergency and the set had become unsafe. Uh, a spokesperson for Bloomhouse, though, said that we use non-firing dummy firearm props during production and pure no complaints were received via the studio's anonymous reporting system regarding safety concerns, and we cannot comment on personnel matters. Gall said that Halls didn't feel the same on the set of Into the Dark and neglected to hold safety meetings or make announcements before the firearm appeared on set. The only reason the crew was made aware of a weapon's presence was because the assistant prop master demanded that Dave acknowledge and announce the situation each day. The anthology series was a side letter agreement that allowed for the lesser working conditions, uh, no true jurisdiction over covered union work, and non-preferential hiring to what amounts to poverty wages for the crew. Mm. Side agreements, as well as explained to me by the folks that I spoke to, um, you've got your main union contract that works directly with whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then there are side agreements that uh, that studio or theme park or venue will make with the specific union that's working on the set. So that specific local will have their own side agreements. That makes sense. Uh, It's not part of the primary collective bargaining agreement, and it's designed to reach an agreement on issues that the main agreement doesn't cover. Um, So for me, I don't know what it takes to end your career or how many chances you get, especially with the refrain, does he make you money, being mentioned to me by multiple folks. But this has got to be the end of the line for Dave Hall's career. She would think so, right? Uh, Well, it should have been... Last a couple time. years the ago. First, yeah. yeah, the yeah. first weapon discharge. So the way it was explained to me, there are blacklists in all industries, but cash is king. Either the person can make you a lot of money, or you can save a lot of money by going and hiring somebody that nobody else will touch. Mm, okay. 
which is maybe how this guy keeps getting jobs. Because he's cheap? Yeah. So he was... So he's a liability, but he's cheap. Yeah. Okay. Potentially. Potentially. Well, yeah. This uh, is the problem with, with the shareholder mentality. Yeah. Uh, so the prop gun, the armor, and the prop master. The prop gun also misfired twice on Saturday, which was the day before the shooting, and once during the Jesus. previous week, with some rumors persisting that unnamed crew members had taken the gun so or was guns. So that, was that confirmed? Because I thought I had read that that wasn't confirmed, that there was no definitive answer on whether or not that actually took place. The the people taking the guns out into the desert? Yeah. I've seen multiple stories mentioning it, but it's all unnamed and uncorroborated. It's all alleged. Okay. Um, so the, the rumors are that the prop guns were taken out uh, for... For fun? For fun to shoot cans in the desert. Oh, my God. Get it... <laughs> Get your own gun, Jesus. Um, so just hours before the fatal accident, a group of crew members had taken the firearm supposedly to go plinking, uh, which is shooting cans in the desert, um, or shooting cans off of fences and whatnot. Plinking. Um, yeah. Um, and production Put sources... Which a fucking BB gun. Yeah. Right? And production <laughs> sources had previously revealed the gun had been used for off-the-clock target practice, which could explain how a live round ended up in its chamber, according to TMZ. Okay. Again, I've seen this story pop up in a couple of places. I haven't seen it definitively confirmed. I think that's something that will come out with more of the investigation. But there. so that would make that would make sense as to why why the live, live round made it. it into the into the weapon. But but how did no one ch- notice? Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. So we'll I have get, a lot we'll, of issue. Yeah. So on Thursday night, uh, the IA uh, said to members, stating that there was no union prop master on set uh, the night that Helena was killed by prop gun by the prop gun fired by Baldwin. As reported by the New York Post, the prop master who had handled the gun that killed the cinematographer was just brought in amid a protest over conditions on set. The unidentified employee was hired to replace someone else amid chaos on the set. Even though the assistant directors are responsible for overall set safety, it's unclear as to why Halls, again, was handling the weapon in the first place and not the armorer, as should be the case. Also, no visual check of the gun was done. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed was the armorer, and she had recently finished work on her first project as head armorer. And according to her, according to her, on a podcast that she had done not too long before this, uh, she said, "I was really nervous about working on that at first, as the head armor on the set of the movie The Old Way, starring our one of our favorites, Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. I almost didn't take the job because I wasn't sure if I was ready. But doing it, it went really smoothly. It's really cool, really badass way to start off a long and really cool career. I'm hoping." Her father's a very famous armorer yeah, in Phil, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Phil Reed. So I'm going to mention him briefly. Um, but she said she checked the dummy bullets on the day of the shooting to ensure that none were hot rounds. And she also told a detective that while the guns were used for filming were locked up during the crew lunch break, ammo was left on the cart unsecured, according to the search warrant. there ammo on set anyways? Like live round ammunition? It's just chilling ass- on a cart? So I assume what she meant by that was like the blanks. Okay. Um, so according to a different armorer and weapons master, Brian Carpenter, you have to make sure the weapon is truly cold, which means there should have been no rounds in their period, especially if it's a rehearsal. Right? He continued, That's the part yeah. that I'm trying to wrap my fucking... Okay. Yeah. He continued, while it's acceptable for some actors to want to get a feel for the weapon during rehearsals, it's crucial to ensure the guns are not filled with any rounds. Weapons on set should be confirmed cold by two people to avoid such events. Mm. And then, as I mentioned, with the old way, Nicolas Cage walked off set screaming at her after she fired a gun without warning for the second time in three days. While the movie's key grip, Stu Broombow, told the outlet, make an announcement, you just blew my fucking eardrums out. Oh, Cage shit. yelled as he walked off the set, according to Broombow. He also told the assistant director of the armor she needs to be let go. And then she got uh, some of that cage rage. Yeah. 
For uh, real? He said she needs to be let go, and he detailed a series of complaints that were made about her, including that she walked onto the set with live rounds or blanks without announcing it to the cast and crew. She also apparently walked around with pistols tucked under her arms uh, such that they were pointing back at people and allowed firearms to be aimed at people. Oh, my God. One of the big things that I learned about this is anytime you see a gun being pointed at somebody on set for a movie, it's always pointed at an angle okay. away from them. Cameras are always uh, mounted behind plexiglass. Oh, so you're wow. never actually pointing it directly at somebody. It's all perspective to make it look like you are, but you're right. never pointing the gun directly at somebody. Uh, and according to another crew member who spoke under the condition of anonymity, Gutierrez Reed put the cast and crew in several unnecessary and dangerous situations. Uh, she is the daughter of Thel Reed, famed armor and weapons expert that got a start on Tombstone and is pretty much synonymous with movies that have a lot of bullets. From one of the folks that I spoke to, a lot of us get hired solely by word of mouth. She's a rookie, young and experienced, but her dad's well-known and you got to start somewhere. Makes sense. Yeah. The Old Ways prop manager, Jeffrey Crow, which is the former manager for, the, uh, for Gutierrez Reed, told the LA Times that he was impressed by her professionalism despite the initial doubts, but not everybody agrees with this. Serge Svetnoy, the chief electrician on Rust, posted a damning statement on Facebook the day after the shooting. Mm. A couple of points that I'm going to pull from this pretty long post. Uh, the negligence from the person who was supposed to check the weapon on site did not do this. The person who had to announce the loaded gun was on site did not do this. And the person who should have checked the weapon before bringing it onto the set didn't do it. He never names Gutierrez Reed specifically, mm-hmm. but he does say this. I'm sure that we have professionals in every department, but one, the department that was responsible for the weapons. There's no way a 24-year-old woman can be a professional with armory. There's no way that her more or less the same age friend from school, neighborhood, Instagram, or God knows where else can be a professional in this field. And then he starts calling out the producer saying, to save a dime, sometimes you hire people who aren't fully qualified for the complicated and dangerous jobs and you risk the lives of other people who are close and your lives as well. And I understand you always fight for the budget, but you cannot allow this to happen. So this isn't just limited to guns on set. We've talked about incidents before, like lights falling, glass breaking, mm-hmm. various accidents. Incident in Ghostland had the main performer. actress go straight through a window. Yep. Um, this should be one of the most preventable instances. And one of the conversations I had uh, with the director was mentioning that shooting late at night in a car drove on set and smashed into another car that had the entire video village and almost ran over everybody. Jesus. This kind of stuff does happen, but yeah. this should have been preventable. Um, and usually they don't also coincide with high-profile labor negotiations. Also, one of the actors, according to TMZ, came out, Ian Hudson, who plays an outlaw in the film, uh, described the shooting a scene where his character was gunned down as life-threatening because of the use of real pistols and rifles on set, and that everyone on the camera crew was protected by shields. That made me question me being in front of the camera and in between all that fire, and said right? when the rounds were released, they shot at me, or when they shot at me, I actually felt the blanks hitting my body and face, and I could feel the wind from the shotgun being discharged. And then finally, we get to Alec Baldwin. Ignoring all the conspiracies that are floating around this, because there are things ranging from this was some disgruntled right-wing person that did this on purpose, um, to... uh, And it's not just, like, right-wing conspiracies. or Like, there's conspiracies all over the place about this. It's fucking crazy. Hmm. Question number one, and this question I'm going to turn over to you, Palmer. Why wouldn't he check the gun, considering his extensive history working on sets with weapons, including films like The Departed, where the last 15 minutes might as, mm-hmm. might as well be The Matrix in Boston? I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I think it's one of the most idiotic things. It, it, it should have... So, like, like, yes, I understand that you're saying that there should have been two other people checking whether or not this this round or this weapon was cold before it even reached Baldwin's hands. I get that. I get that there are other precautions in place that you're supposed to like, you know, make sure that they're blanks, mm-hmm. that you know, there shouldn't be unsecured ammo, yeah. as you mentioned, and everything else. 
But the bottom line is, if you are an actor getting ready to point a gun capable... If it's an airsoft gun, it's a different thing. But Mm -hmm. if you're getting ready to point a gun capable of firing live ammunition, even if it's a camera angle... you know, it's a it's a trick of the eye. You know, a trick of the camera type of thing. Like the angles are 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 making it look like it's pointing, and you're not at all pointing. I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. If you are going to be around a gun, it should be required that you take at Two least <laughs> at least at least one course. Yeah. One course on gun safety. And at I would one. imagine I would imagine that Alec Baldwin has. Then he should know, he should to, know check to check the yeah. gun. It takes a, a second. It does. It, you know, like I don't give it. Like the 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 fact of the matter is, like, and I feel I I genuinely feel terrible for the man. I do. He just killed somebody, and I can't. And he didn't mean to. And I, regardless of the budget situations, regardless of everything else, it was an accident. It was. Yeah. And he didn't mean to do it. And I can't imagine the guilt that's weighing on his soul. Yeah. But the fucking fact of the matter is you should check the gun. The best actor in Hollywood that I can think of that springs to mind that really follows gun safety procedure because he knows guns in and out Keanu is fucking Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I've watched him training. I watched the videos of him like training with L.A. SWAT and shit. That guy mm-hmm. spent... It's because he's days. <laughs> yeah. He spent days. Yeah. Like weeks yeah. training with weapons, with professionals. Yeah. And I'm not saying you even need to go to that length, but if you were an actor getting ready to star in anything that involves putting a gun mm-hmm. in in a fictional direction of somebody that you're getting ready to shoot in your film, yeah. you should know to check the ammunition. Yes. Especially if it's a revolver, because all it takes is you just sliding out the. You're just you're you're literally taking. I can't remember. It's not a chamber, but you're taking the. You're you're literally just taking the revolver chamber out of yeah. the gun, pop, popping it to the side, checking whether one of those six possible rounds. It's different if it's a magazine and you're mm-hmm. getting ready to put it in a Glock or something. Right. Yeah. Um, but in a revolver. It's a quick pop out. Yeah. You check to make sure you're like, oh shit, there's a live round in here. What the fuck is going on? How somebody gets fired and yet? somebody's still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So the question is, will Alec be able to produce anything in the future with money from other people? That's true, because he's a producer on this movie that producer, we did not mention. Which brings up the next question. Is he going to get charged with anything? One of my contacts believe that Baldwin is guilty of negligent homicide. It's a story that you've probably seen somewhere else in the news. Uh, a lot of people are saying that he probably will get charged with something as a producer. As an actor? No. But as a producer, yes. Uh, he pulled the trigger. Did it with the armor and the associate director. Uh, Baldwin hired an armor that said she wasn't ready or she wasn't sure she was ready. Pointed a gun at a person instead of at an angle during his pull and didn't check the weapon. And this makes my contact believe that Baldwin won't get major funding at the very least to produce in the future. Is so, he going to be blacklisted, do you think? Baldwin? Yeah. I don't no. think he's going to get blacklisted, but it's he's going to have a hard time uh, going forward. I mean, maybe, he's really maybe, in that many things at this point anyways. Maybe, though. Like, he's not that popular anymore. Yeah. Maybe as a producer. Yeah. But like, really, what's Alec Baldwin in? Nothing. I don't know. I just don't think. I don't think he's gonna have 
too trouble. many issues. Yeah. I think he's a sympathetic figure. In this. So what is so? Yeah. Yeah. what does all of this mean? Eliza Hutton, Brandon Lee's fiance, spoke mm. out for the first time since his death, saying, "I urge oh, really? those in positions to make change to consider alternatives to real guns on set." Oh, yeah. A lot of productions have already announced the banning of real firearms on set, and I was reminded by the director I spoke to that the irony is that we don't even need real guns anymore. Effects are so good that we don't need guns or blanks. It's he true. even reminded me that the Ash vs. Evil Dead TV series, Bruce Campbell has a shotgun for a hand, and the shit looks great on the show and fired amazingly, and it's all CGI. You can make dinosaurs that yeah. look real. Why can't you make fake guns? Every gun that uh, is in the Marvel movies is literally just, just like a, a fucking totally. stick with like orange tape yeah. on it in <laughs> certain parts, oh, okay. and then they CGI. The there's a, I just the other day, and I didn't. It's so funny. It's not funny, but it's. <laughs> Yeah, a, liter- a couple weeks ago, I had watched a YouTube video about how they CGI guns mm-hmm. more and more in um, film and television because right. it's safer. Yeah. And they showed that's one of the scenes from from uh, the uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. where Samuel L. Jackson is pointing or is holding a a nineteen eleven, okay, just over his shoulder, and I didn't realize. That it's just, it's literally just... A stick? Like, like, like a little fucking plastic stick that looks like an L. That hmm. he's just, he's just cupping, it has a grip that right. that's, resembles a, a gun. So his hand's there, yeah. And so his hand is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it's just... just and you can't tell. No, no you can't tell not. You can't tell at all. Like, I legitimately, if somebody was, like, like obviously I didn't, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Because I've seen the movie and I didn't know that that was CGI. Yeah. But there's literally nothing in there that really would show to the naked eye that that's CGI. Yeah. And most and if, people would never notice. Yeah, and if it's that good, then why wouldn't you do that? At yeah. the very least, I don't understand why they're not using Airsoft. Airsoft and, looks almost so identical a lot to of the yeah. real A lot deal. of the cop dramas on TV have already said they're switching to Airsoft. Um, yeah. I mean, is it... It makes you- sense. Yeah. Um, regarding safety and hours and overwork crew, it's all part of the labor negotiations. Could New Zealand's five, ten-hour days, and that's it, make its way to Hollywood? Uh, what about the people that are in the industry that are used to the grind? Uh, things like the 48-hour film project, which is a full two-day dash to create a film. Hmm. I asked the director I spoke to about that, and he said that's the joke. The people that win those uh, festivals every year are professionals who dominate the festivals. I'm sure. Because they're used to the grind. Uh, they know how to work those compressed timelines. And if you factor in the overtime pay and you strip out all of that uh, to work a hard-set schedule, pay rates have to change. And if pay rates change, if production timelines change, then we're back to talking about the $200 million movie budgets that we talked about last month right. and whether or not those are ever going to go away. Okay. I don't know where this is going to end up for the IA or if this incident pushes them in one direction or another as far as the ratification that's coming up. What we do know at this point is that much like everywhere else, the dollar is the bottom line, and the crews that make these movies happen are willing to put themselves in situations that we never even have to think about all while getting squeezed by the folks with the money. Based on one of the conversations I had, everyone thinks about everything that we do making movies being glamorous, and it's the opposite. You need to trust the people you're working with, and we only want to work with people that we trust. It's hard enough already, and the relationships with people that make these miracles happen, making a movie or anything like that is a miracle. You have to trust the people that you work with, and we don't even think about the fact that you need to trust the you know, 50, 60, 200 other people that are doing completely different jobs that they did their job right, right. to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. Yeah, I just like I feel like in this situation. So so like with the crow, mm. that was different. Yeah, like that was that was a blank round that forced. Yeah, yeah that was a blank round that got lodged, and another blank round that then fired out. That right. fired out yeah. because of it, that was a much different situation. This this was negligent. No. This is yes. a this is the buck stops here situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They are different. Getting ready as an actor, you're handed the weapon, you're told this is a cold weapon, flick it out, check, bam, that would have prevented the whole situation. Yeah. I just don't I don't understand how that's not a standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to work with like I said, weapons that are capable of firing live ammunition. Yeah. I don't understand how that's not a standard. So just it, before recording me. just before recording the night, Alec Baldwin spoke for the first time about the incident, saying it's an active investigation in terms of a woman died. She was my friend. We were very, very well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. There are incidental accidents on film sets from time to time, but nothing like this. This is a one-in-a-trillion episode. It's a one-in-a-trillion event. He said he's extremely in, uh, interested in limiting the use of real firearms on set following this. But remember, how many bullets have been fired in films and TV shows in the last 75 years? This is America. How many bullets have gone off in movies and on TV sets before? How many billions in the last 75 years? And all of it nearly without incident. So what has to happen now is we have to realize that when it does go wrong, and it is this horrible, catastrophic thing, some new measures have to take place. Rubber guns, plastic bullets, no live or real armaments on set. It's not for me to decide, and it's urgent that you understand I'm not an expert in this field. So whatever other people decide is the best way to go in terms of protecting people's safety on film sets, I'm all in favor and will cooperate with that in any way I can. So all of this is just, like, the investigation's ongoing, but at the end of the day, rest in peace, Helena. Get better, Joel. Keep bracing yourself, Alec, and hopefully don't go drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dave Halls, you better keep hiding or whatever. Yeah, that guy sounds like a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, all of the... I looked at him. He looks like a piece of yeah, shit. All of IATSE's got our support because obviously we'd have nothing to talk about if it wasn't for their passion. Um, but once again, you're just you're not supposed to be dying for this industry. True, true. So with all that said, let's get on to the fucking headlines. <laughs> let's make it happen. All right, kicking off this week's horror headlines, we've got the Black Demon uh, up next from Rambo, Last Last Blood director, (laughs) Adrian Grunberg, a new shark attack horror movie that's titled The Black Demon. Variety reports that Josh Lucas from uh, The Forever Purge will battle a megalodon. Uh, Apparently Meg... Uh, started a, a trend. He did in yeah. Hollywood. I'm not the surprised. Shark, the sharks are back, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Right, it's about time. Uh, the film follows oilman Paul Sturgis, uh, who's played by Lucas, as he takes his family on vacation to Bahia Azul. There, the coastal town. He there at the coastal town. He and his wife uh, once knew as a mysterious. Sorry, the coastal town he and his wife once knew as a mysteriously crumbled and uh, has mysteriously crumbled, and the locals are nowhere to be found. Paul starts off his day with a routine visit to uh, inspect his nearby oil rig, but before he knows it, his entire family has landed with him on the rotting metal tower. The movie is slated for a 2023 release. How so did what, you just end up somewhere? So what was that? What was that movie with the the surfer chick who got stranded? Um, the one who lost uh, the shallows. The one who's married to to to. Oh, the shallow with with Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah where she Blake got stranded. And she's just yeah. being like surrounded by a shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this sounds like that. Yeah, just on an oil rig. Yeah. So why did his family just suddenly end up on the oil rig, though? I don't know. How does that even? You're happen? gonna have to watch a movie to find out. <laughs> that just seems like such a random place to mysteriously end up. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, we've got a prop store back with another auction as the second headline. Uh, a new auction is scheduled for the UK between November 9th and 11th, and includes holy grails of horror, including the following: Rick Baker created screen and uh, a screen match mutant warmonger mask and a helmet from American Werewolf in London 1980 from the 1981 release, estimated at forty thousand uh, pounds, going to sixty thousand um, pounds. 
Michael Myers mask from Halloween Resurrection in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that mask a bit at the end of the episode. Estimated to be 20,000 pounds to 30,000 pounds. That's a That's lot of a money lot for of that money terrible for, fucking mask. Yeah. It's still a mask, though. It, it is true. That it is, is true. Uh, Freddy Krueger's razor finger glove from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors from 1987. Uh, estimated to be 20,000 to 30,000 pounds. The difference is that Dream Warriors is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly, like, it's the same price. It's the same price estimate. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. That yeah. Uh, Full size Santee display figure from the Devil's Backbone in two thousand one, estimated to be between fifteen and twenty thousand pounds. Freddy Krueger's hat from Freddy vs. Jason, estimated to be between fifteen and twenty thousand pounds. Jason's hockey mask from Jason Goes to Hell. Ooh, that's a nice one. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I know people hate that movie. But the next I one. The next one's my favorite. Uh, the Lament Configuration Puzzle favorite. Box from Hellraiser. <laughs> I can't believe that's only that's surprising. It's, not the, it's the cheapest one. But it's not what the cheapest the one, but it's one of the cheapest ones. Oh, it's not the yeah. I guess I but like, it's, it's the third a, cheapest it's, one. It's shocking that for the price of a shitty used car, you could get that compared to some of the other things on this list. But why would you want... I would much rather own the Lament configuration yeah. box than Michael Myers's fucking mask from Halloween Resurrection. Absolutely. Yeah. It's twice the price. It Absolutely. is twice the price. What the fuck? I guess it's not as popular. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Freddy Krueger's sweater from Wes Craven's Doom Nightmare. Nice I would one. rather own that. It's only 8,000 pounds. Here we go. Here we go. Now we're getting into the cheap territory. Yeah. This is where I come in. 8,000 pounds? Yeah. 16 <laughs> grand? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers' Hero Knife from Halloween 2 from 2009. The Rob Zombie is, one. Yeah. Uh, estimated to be between eight or 6,000 and 8,000 pounds. Gremlins Puppet from Gremlins 2, the new batch. Cute. Estimated between five and 7,000 pounds. Uh, see, that's another thing that doesn't make any sense to me. A puppet? Yeah. yeah A the full actual fucking puppet, puppet from yeah. the movie's Gremlins? I would rather buy that than I'd rather have. And it's on the cheapest game. one on the. Yeah, that's the just, cheapest one. On that's there. crazy to me. Uh, you can bid online if you've got the cash, or if uh, you just want to send it to us. Yeah, if you want to buy I'll us one that. of these things, we'll take the gremlins. Yeah. yeah. Lament configuration box and hockey mask is also nice. Top top on the list, but I'll take any of these. Yeah. Maybe 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 get us the box and the cash. <laughs> is that asking too and, much? And the gremlin? Christmas is coming up. <laughs> Here's your friggin' six thousand dollar Christmas present. Uh, next up, Jonathan Davis is uh, in some oh. indie horror. Um, VFX artist turned director Joshua Petrino has entered a post-production on his indie horror film The Devil's Tree, and it's just revealed to bloody disgusting that the film's villain is paid, played by none other than Jonathan Davis. Uh, yes, that Hell Jonathan yeah. Davis. Yeah, that Jonathan Korn. Davis. Um, the kilt-wearing, uh, bagpipe-playing, uh, barely <laughs> oh, able to breathe. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm glad yes, you did. Him. Thank you. I mean, was no one going to do it? No, I, I was thinking it in my head. I was just waiting to see if somebody else go first. Uh, he'll be playing the ominous The Pet, uh, which is a fitting villain name for him. If I was going to call him a villain of any sort, it would be The Pet. Um, either that or he'd be the gimp in uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Oh, hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside Addie Miller uh, and late to rest and Chrome Skull slasher Nick Principe. Um, I liked late to rest. That's, that's interesting. Uh, 
Maybe you'll like this. Maybe. Maybe I should watch it. Uh, in the film, after visiting a landmark tree rumored to be a gateway to hell, a group of friends holds a pitiful horse, house party. I almost said horse. House party <laughs> where, without explanation, they realize they mentally can't bring themselves to leave. This is a real tree, too, you know. Yeah. In New Jersey. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked oh, about it before. We have. Because wasn't this the tree that they were looking for in um, House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, I don't know. Holy fuck, what? <laughs> it looks similar. Okay. To the one they had in like, the guidebook, right? Yeah. So Jonathan Davis has officially entered the zombie universe. Is that what I'm hearing? I think yes. so. Um, shortly after this revelation, torment and slaughter begin at the hands of a supernatural killer with a warped, sadistic sense of humor. Ooh. Um, I could see this. I think it sounds good. I feel like this would be a decent popcorn watch if yeah. you can find it yeah. for like five bucks or under for rental type I'm of sure thing. I'm sure it'd be like three ninety nine. Yeah, for sure. I guarantee you Amazon will have this for ninety nine cents in like two months. <laughs> Probably. You think ninety nine cents? Ninety nine cents. Yeah. For a rental. For a rental. For a rental. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair. Uh fair, fair. Next up, we've got more Snyderverse zombie stuff coming around. Uh he must have knocked it out of the park with that with that I enjoyed it. Netflix film. I enjoyed it I too. Enjoyed I thought it, it was really yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, really. Yeah. I was almost said really good, and that was a stretch. I had You're to stop really, myself. Really, it was fun. It was really fun. okay. <laughs> it was fun. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about Army of Thieves coming out, the prequel story uh, to uh, Army of the Dead. The the proper sequel to Army of the Dead is also apparently in early development, and Snyder has revealed <laughs> that the project's title is now Planet of the Dead! Exclamation point. Oh, it has an exclamation point. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's really how they sealed so the deal. So it's Planet of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of the Dead. <laughs> Planet of the Dead? Planet of the Dead. Of the Dead? <laughs> we, need, we need Sam to step in. Yeah, with Sam. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, get high and talk like Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah, do it. Pull it, do out it. Of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the real adventure would be to see what happened to uh, Dider when the safe door closed. Did he get killed by the Zeus or not? What happened? Oh, spoilers. <laughs> what happened? Wow. We, we don't see him die on camera, and there's still some time left. I won't tell you what happens in Army of the Dead 2, a.k.a. Planet of the Dead. Planet of um, the Dead. But let's just say there is a chance Dieter survives, and there's a chance that uh, this brush with death would have him uh, uh, cause to want to find a jailed Gwendolyn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Gwendolyn. So he's, 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 So what, what I'm reading from this is that uh, he might have been kicked from the DC EU. But he's creating his new one. But he's got this zombie U yeah. that he's ready to tap into. Okay. Uh, you're about 15 years too late. But um, <laughs> I appreciate what you're going for, Snyder. A and for effort. You will always be somebody I root for. Uh Aww. He will be. That's uh, the so man's, nice. That man's been through some shit, and I don't see how you could possibly hate anything he does just um, wait except for sucker punch on a long enough timeline everybody's hateable no sucker punch sucker punch was bad it, you didn't make that movie it's okay that movie <laughs> doesn't exist uh prisoners of the ghost land um did somebody get pushed through a glass point in <laughs> glass i looked, this I looked. there is no incident in this ghost land <laughs> okay all right. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land was recently described by Nicolas Cage himself as being the wildest movie I have ever made. So there, I, I've got a bone to pick with that one because mm. I feel like he says that about every movie he makes to drum up stuff to get the hype going. It's yeah. the hype train. 
This but is the wildest this end, movie I've this, ever done. If this ends up making like Mandy look like I don't know, I fucking doubt it. What was that? The 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 one that I just watched of his. The Christmas one where he goes pig. back in time. No, 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 no. The, uh, not pig either. It the one where he was Willie Willie Yeah, where he doesn't talk. The Willie Willie's Wonderland. Willy's, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. If this ends up making Mandy look like Willie's Wonderland, then Nicolas Cage has never spoken a lie. Um, you didn't but, like Willie's Wonderland. I liked, well, I liked it. It was fun. It was really it fucking no weird. It was really fucking weird. But he's saying this is the wildest movie I ever made. Hmm. Panos Cosmatos is probably like sitting over there like, I'm going to call you, this you motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah. And just be like, what are you saying? You piece of shit. <laughs> Never worked with you again. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, we've learned today that it's soon to be headed to AMC Plus and Shudder. Thank God, because I don't want to pay for AMC Plus. Um, Prisoners of Ghostland will stream exclusively on AMC Plus and Shredder in the U.S. starting November 19th. So we'll mention it again here in a couple of weeks. In the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town. God, I, can, like I Nicholas, fucking can't that, wait for this that movie. Samurai sentence, Town? Yeah. Finish the sentence and then tell me it's not the most Nicolas Cage thing you've ever read. Okay. A ruthless bank robber is sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord called the Governor. Played by, by Bill, Bill Mosley. <laughs> Whose adopted granddaughter, Bernice, has gone missing. The governor offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct. So this is cranked on top of everything else. It's it's crank. It's 30 minutes or less. It's drive angry. It's like eight different movies, three of which he's been in, (laughs) jammed together. This sounds I'm, stupid. I'm in. <laughs> uh, just wait until you hear what Nicolas Cage describes this suit as. Uh, yes, yeah, so strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct within five days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. Oh, Cage recently described, it's out there. <laughs> okay. really cool. I wear a skin tight black leather jumpsuit with grenades attached to different body parts and if I don't rescue the governor's daughter from the state line... <laughs> Where they're all all ghosts ghosts and bring her back, they're gonna blow me up. So, this is this is like fucking cranked meets the entire Snake Plissken series meets fucking Samurai Shampoo meets like I don't even know. This sounds batshit. It does. It sounds batshit. It does so sound I'm, I'm inclined to believe that this might be one of the craziest things that he's ever worked on. Because I just I, I wonder if that translates to good. I don't know. I don't think necessarily. I don't think it does. I will say this though. Uh, everything we've seen since the Cage Resurgence, mm-hmm. the Cage is. I have yet to be disappointed. Yep. Yep. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for that high that I got from Mandy. But I haven't walked away from any of them. Nope. Like, like why did I watch yeah, this? that's true. They've all been very good. That's true. He's killing it. I'm they, really they happy that he's at, back. At the, I'm not even a huge fan of him, and I'm really very, happy that he's back. Uh, and I am, because I've I've been a very big fan of Nicolas Cage for oh, a we very know. long time. <laughs> oh, really? Sam, oh, really? I had no idea. Oh, really? Did you know that about him? 
I didn't. It's like it's I don't like, have opinions. That's it's, okay. It's like where so so Nicholas Cage to him is like Kanye West to me, where I genuinely cannot tell whether or not he's joking. No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am not joking. I have I think far too many of his movies on DVD. In that the I don't beginning, he might have been joking. Yeah, but now it's about become, some of them, right? But like, now it is who he is. Like what? So you criticized me about Kanye. But you have it too. You do the same thing. No, because I actually mean it. <laughs> have you always meant it though? Yes. How Con do you know Air, I don't? amazing. Gone in sixty seconds. Okay, amazing. Con Air, it's not amazing. It's not amazing. Yes, it is. It's no, not it's amazing, amazing in like an ironic way. John Malkovich as a bald-headed psychopath that hijacks as a, a fucking pedophile. Plane. <laughs> amazing. Okay, like Face Off is it, it's incredible. Not, no, it's not incredible. In- it's Incredible. Ironically it's incredible. It's John Travolta and Nicolas Cage trading trading faces and seeing who can chew Face on the most scenery. Off. It's, incredible. It's Gone hilarious. In seconds, stealing okay. some of the coolest cars that have ever been made in one night. Awesome. Uh, ironically awesome. Interview with Vampire, hilariously bad. Ironically this awesome. motherfucker just they're so said bad with that they're good. <laughs> oh my god. Matchstick men. Okay. Terrible, but this dude goes... Bat shit insane because he runs out of his meds. Like, I fucking love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I don't, I can't argue with that. No, I, I, I agree I, with you, but it's not like it's 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 in a, his movies are good in an ironic way. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying all of his movies are great. I never said that his movies are like like Raising Arizona is a good movie. Yes. And that is he. You know what I mean? But that's not Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Kick ass is a good movie. Uh, him as him as fat fat as fat fake Batman, uh, the best. And you know how I can prove that? You know how I can prove that? Because when Jim Carrey came in in the second one as mm-hmm. the whatever he was, the Joker. No, in the second Kick Ass. Oh, in the second Kick Ass. Oh yeah. Terrible in comparison to Nicolas Cage. Well, yeah, obviously. It's not his brand. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's just not. Um, <laughs> I I really just... <laughs> I'm really looking like forward Nicolas to watching Cage this. I'll put Bruce it that Willis? way. Nicolas Cage. Okay. Is Bruce Willis another... I wasn't aware of this no, Bruce no, no. Willis love. He just no, likes Die, die Hard. Die hard. He just likes oh, okay. Die Hard. Just yeah. die hard. Okay. He's not like, your favorite. Like, no, Bruce Willis has some stuff that I like. But he's like in... I was going to say, he's in some of the movies you like. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got some stuff that I like, but like Nicolas Cage, I will fucking go to bat for every day. That's fair. I will sit down and watch a Nicolas Cage movie whenever it's on. Nicolas Cage has never taken a... Mm-hmm. He's taken a lot of roles just for the paycheck because this dude has a weird history of like buying castles and shit and going yeah. bankrupt. Right. But, but he's never taken a day off when it comes to working on set. That dude is at 110% every time a camera's rolling. Did you hey. ever see that Christmas movie he was in, The Family Man? Yeah. It's good, right? Where he gets a fucking Slurpee thrown at him? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's cute. awesome. I like it. And, you know, and Tom like, Cheadle's in it? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's tr- over here trying to question Nick Cage's work ethic. <laughs> you know what I like I've about him? I've he never works. heard that come under he fire. Well, he did totally work himself out of debt yeah, he from did. building said and castle. And now he's just having fun. And now he's just doing the damn thing. And yeah, no more Ghost Rider, only good movies. I never saw Ghost Rider. Was it not good? Oh, it was terrible. It was not good. The whole franchise is terrible. Was really that, that was like a yeah. money thing you needed to do. Yeah, yeah. that was Well, that was like before Marvel really figured out what the fuck it was doing, and they were like, "Yo, Sam Raimi made a couple of good Spider-Man films. We're untouchable." And then they released a bunch of crap. Okay. Yeah, because they had Elektra. Oh and yeah. Ben Affleck's Daredevil. <laughs> Jennifer Garner. Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. Yeah. So the, it was. Um, <laughs> but they made like what three Ghost Riders? 
Yeah, I think two, so. No, two of them. Two they didn't make okay. a third one. I, Are you sure? I don't, God, I hope they didn't make a third one. I mean, if they <laughs> if they did, it's what paid off his castle debt. Probably. Uh, there are two that I can think of, and both of them are equally awful. Actually, the second one might be worse. The second Ghost Rider is worse than the first might one? Be, might be worse than the okay. first one. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, there's only two, you're right. Yeah, so... Uh, 2.7 and 2.2 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, they're not good movies. <laughs> <laughs> just, Does he just... ride around on a motorcycle? Yeah, yes. and his head turns into a flaming skull. Yeah. Oh. I used to love Ghost Riders. Kid. I still okay. have. I still have the original run of comics. I had a dope ass mm. Ghost Rider action figure that had a glow in the dark head Ooh. with the flames coming uh-huh. off of it and everything. I don't even know if they're worth anything, but I still have the original run of comics. You still like them, dude? I guarantee you, those are worth something. Yeah. Is Ethan you... Mendez in the first one? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think I, yes, if I remember is. right, she's on the cover. Yeah, if I remember <laughs> I believe, right, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the, that was back when uh, everybody signed up for Marvel movies because they hoped they were successful, only to have their careers destroyed. Well, because they were like the X Men movies were um, doing really well. Yeah, yeah the the first the first one, the and we like had a Anna couple Paquin. of good Spider Man movies. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, you know, like people were like, people oh, the like- Marvel tag is mm-hmm. is starting to build its name, but they hadn't established this <laughs> universe yet. yet. Yeah, they hadn't <laughs> figured out the formula quite yet. Well, they also had multiple studios working on different franchises rather than trying to bring them all under one umbrella. Oh, okay. Um, like they have it now. Um, hmm. And finally, we're going to talk about the Northman. Uh, last we heard, Focus Features has been. Uh, Set to release Robert Eggers' long-awaited The Northman in theaters on April 8th, 2022. Ooh. But today we learned that the film has been slightly bumped to April 22nd, 2022. Oh, God. Oh, it ruins my whole life. <laughs> it's just in time for Sam's birthday. It is just in time for Sam's and, birthday. And are you ready to this? watch a movie by a director you genuinely don't seem to like very much? I thought I genuinely don't like him. I, f- I don't like him nearly as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> And that he means. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't fault you on that one. Like, I like his movies. I enjoy his movies. Yeah. I don't think they're like utterly incredible on first watch. The problem is, the more I watch them, the more I like them. Once you so look Robert at them, as, is certainly growing on me. Okay. He's a great comedic director. You need to look at his movies as a comedy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. dude. The witch is one. Of the The scene with the brother and sister by the river uh-huh. is where like she, where he's looking at her titties. Yeah, dude. It's like, and then he put she pushes her face into them or his face into them. <laughs> That what? shit is like. I thought she covered up. I thought she walked away. She did, but she does after she like grabs her brother. Like he remember he gets wet and uh-huh. she he says she's bullying her too much and then <laughs> yeah, she, okay. she grabs him and then yeah, yeah, pulls yeah. him and he she like purposefully like pulls him into her bosoms, her t- her tiny little fucking bosoms. Anyways, ah uh, the 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 whole thing, the whole thing <laughs> is a comedy. Like, that's the scene that sticks <laughs> out. Um, There's a lot of scenes that yeah. stick out. <laughs> the good thing about this, it's it's a two week. I'm going to stop yeah, talking just, right now. I'll, I'll get. I'll save you there. Uh, the good thing. I'll of, save you there. Yeah. The, the good thing about this, though, is a two week bump leads me to believe like that is the final set in stone date because it's I mean, only it's only getting pushed back two weeks, so they probably maybe. needed to make up the time. What's coming out April eighth? That's what I want to. Oh, know. good. Call. That's also true. What don't they want to go up against? Yeah. What's on the Marvel schedule? Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's not a whole lot else that people are worried about in this day and age aside from Marvel films. Uh, but that wraps up for the horror headlines. Um, 
You want to go see this for your birthday, Sammy? Absolutely. Okay. Ooh. But I'm going to have to see it like two or three times. Yeah. So that I can go from hating it to loving see, it. Why don't we go see it at Cine Bistro first? Yeah. And then we'll go see it at West Tower. No. Yeah, I'm let's about see to if get... the location we view this changes our opinion. Yeah. About I'm about to legit get one of those Regal passes. So, oh, I do uh, want a I'm Regal just, pass. I'm just going to go see is it at West the, Tower three times. Is that times? the new version of yes, the movie pass? Uh, movie pass? The, yeah. But it's it only a works better deal, though. It is. I'm going to get one. It's less money. And you can see whatever you want, however many times you want, it's the, but only at Regal Theaters, right? Yeah, it's only at Regal. I mean, that's cool. We don't have, I don't we, go anywhere else but West Tower at this point anyways. We don't have anything other than Regal Theaters Cine, here anyway. Cine Bistro. That was before I had a kid. I got to save money now. Oh, right. Are we, are we, so we're not, Cra- we not Cra- bougie no more? Who's going to get... Who Who the fuck wants crab dip with their I movie? I love... I can make crab dip and bring it to West Tower. That's the reason West Tower is amazing. You go on a weekday. You go on a weekday. Don't go on weekends. Go on a weekday. Bring you can literally bring dip. a three-course meal with you, and nobody will bat an eye. I literally saw a brand-new movie on a Friday night at West Tower, and I was one of five people yeah. in the theater. It wasn't brand-new. It had been out for no, a couple weeks. Don't Breathe? Don't Breathe. And I'm, prob- uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go see Antlers tomorrow night. Oh. Let me know how that is. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess... Maybe Monday, after, it'll yeah. probably be Tuesday. It'll probably be Tuesday. I, I totally forgot. To I Tuesday. totally f- forget that ha- tomorrow is Halloween, even yeah. though we have all these plans. Yeah, remember how we're all coming over <laughs> yeah, to your house? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, that. I'm actually kind of busy. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go to the house. Bye, guys. Have fun. <laughs> I'm going to go see Antlers. Have a good time. <laughs> uh, I, I do plan on. So, yeah, it would have to be Tuesday. Fuck. <laughs> It's gonna be okay. It's, it'll be all right. Well, I'm gonna go see Antlers on Tuesday. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right, time for the Nasling. Let's do it. All right. So this week, there's uh, three movies I want to talk about. Two are smaller releases that I usually wouldn't mention, uh, but they kind of caught my eye. So the first one, The Deep End on Epics on November 5th. While diving in a remote French lake, the, a couple of YouTubers who specialize in underwater exploration videos discover a house submerged in deep waters, and what was initially a unique finding soon turns into a nightmare when they understand the house was the scene of atrocious crimes. Oh, I love lakes that are like supposedly built over like towns or yeah. houses and stuff like that. It's very creepy. Uh, trapped with their oxygen reserves falling dangerously low, <gasps> Tina and Ben realize the worst is yet to come. They are not alone in this house. So they go actually into the house. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one was the one that really caught my attention. Isolation streaming on November 2nd. I wanted to mention this anthology series because it's a really interesting setup. Nine tales of terror weave together the story of isolated citizens around the world as they confront their darkest fears in an attempt to survive an increasingly deadly outbreak. Nothing new. We've seen pandemic movies come out since the pandemic started, but this one's interesting. As a narrative framework, director and producer Nathan Crooker created a fictional world many months into the future that's based on the current global pandemic. All 11 filmmakers were told to use the same unifying framework in creating their stories, and they were tasked with how to stay creative using only what was available at the time. They're not allowed to use Zoom or any other video conferencing services, and were only allowed to use the equipment and resources they had with them when they entered the lockdown, including cast and crew, adhering to their respective COVID policies. (coughs) Mm. Um, So I think that's just a really interesting limitation to put on the people making your anthology. Uh, but the one major release this week that's coming out is Dead and Beautiful, which releases on November 4th on Shudder. <laughs> Five rich, spoiled Asian 20-somethings are suffering from upper-class ennui, unsure how to spend <laughs> their days when so little is expected from them. God, that sounds fucking miserable. 
Doesn't it suck to be rich? Don't you get so much ennui? (laughs) In search of excitement, the five friends form the circle, a group where they take turns designing a unique, extravagant experience for the others. But things go wrong when the privileged urbanites awaken from a night out where they find they have developed vampire fangs and an unquenchable thirst for flesh, blood, and adventure at any price. At any price doesn't seem to matter because apparently they're fucking rich. Yeah. Yeah. They can just buy dead bodies or live bodies, just people, blood. Yeah, but this one will hit shutter, I guess, what is it, Thursday? I don't give a fuck about what rich people do. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of rich don't people. Don't you watch Real Housewives? No. Oh. No. Right. Why not? Because I don't give a fuck about what <laughs> rich people do. I fucking hate rich people. Fuck rich people. But that is <laughs> what's on the docket for you to stream online uh, next week. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, uh, are we ready to talk about this week's pain event? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. <laughs> we just jump scared Alex <laughs> worse than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> with, with that no. intro than anything else. I need to preface this whole thing by saying that Sam wrote the script... And I don't agree with anything. No, that's why. Don't worry. You've got. I, I specifically say that you get to interject. Okay. Oh, do I get to interject? Oh yeah, whenever you want. Uh, so this week we're talking about Halloween Kills, which obviously came out uh, just recently. Directed. Of Somebody course. needs to turn my mic off. Right now. <laughs> also, Palmer finished his winter white. Or no, his, his, last his last summer, summer red. red. His summer final red. summer red, just in time for the winter whites. He's oh. drunk. <laughs> We brought back Palmer's wine corner, and he didn't even tell anybody what it was. It was something about the Devil's Castle. Yeah, Castillo del Diablo from Chile. It was good. Okay, is that that your review? It was good good out of five. All right. It was good out of five. (laughs) So Halloween Kills, directed of course by David Gordon Green and written by him, Danny McBride, and Scott Teams. This one picks up right where Halloween 2018 ended, which of course picked up from the original Halloween and ignored the rest. Because I'm writing this and taking the lead on these now, I'm just going to start with this question for all of us listeners included to think about while we talk about this for the next however long. What the fuck was this movie, and how do you get a script approved that wastes your main characters and says absolutely nothing? And again, just like we talked about last week, since David Gordon Green's working on his Exorcist trilogy, who the fuck does he think he is? <laughs> what do you mean when you I say... I 100% agree. <laughs> so what do you mean when you say, how do you get a script approved that wastes your main characters? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how. Okay. I, I, so, I feel like we're about to find out. Starring <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, a survival of Michael Myers' 1978 killing spree and suffering from PTSD. She's Karen's mom and Allison's grandma. They call her grandmother. Grandmother. Uh, James Jude Courtney and Nick Castle playing Michael Myers, a masked figure who carried out the massacre, obviously, in the original Halloween before returning 40 years later for another killing spree. I did some digging on Nick Castle, by the way. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Nick Castle is responsible for some of the best mid-90s comedies of all time? Like what? Major Pain. He directed Major Pain. Wait, did he really? the Waynes Brothers? He directed... Dude, that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. <laughs> He's literally the director. All right, fine. Nick Castle, Castle single handedly carrying this film. <laughs> he, did he really? That's the same person? Yeah. Uh, he also did uh, the live action version of. Um, oh, God. What the hell is the name of that comic strip? I'm not frigid. About the, uh, the kid. 
Dennis the Menace? Yes, he did the live with with the with, 1993 with Walter Matthau. He directed that. <gasps> I fucking love that movie. With Walter Matthau, with Walter the flower Matthau. that the yeah. flower that very, blooms once every thirty years. The midnight blooming mock orchid. Yeah, the very same man. That's wow. amazing. <laughs> All right, tonight blooming midnight mock orchid. Yes. Right. Well, amazing. Mm. Holy shit. Uh, Judy He's Greer. only a boy, George. <laughs> uh, Judy Greer is Karen Nelson. Andy Matichek is Allison Nelson. Uh, Will Patton as Deputy Frank Hawkins, the sheriff's deputy that was stabbed and run over in the previous film who arrested Michael during the initial killing spree in yeah. 1978. <sighs> That's the second wasted character, and we're going to get to that again. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle. Uh, weird pick. Unfortunately, and not wasted. <laughs> uh, and, and also, like, it's very weird that that's Anthony Michael Hall now. From the Breakfast Club, right? Yes. From all the, the... Yeah, the, the Brat weird... Pack. Okay. Was he in the Brat Pack? Like the yeah, movie? he was part of it. Okay. From, like, all the like Pretty in Pink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, he's buff. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um, he was a better actor as a child. Yes, he was. Uh, Robert Longstreet as Lonnie Elam. Dylan Arnold as Cameron Elam, uh, which is Lonnie's son. Charles Cyphers as Lee Brackett, which is Haddonfield's former sheriff who lost his daughter in the 1978 killings. Mm-hmm. Um, he reprises his role from the 1978 film and the Halloween 2 film with archive footage from the latter being used in this film, which is a weird choice because they specifically said that Halloween 2 didn't exist in this universe. Uh, Real housewife Kyle Richards as mm-hmm. Lindsay Wallace, which is Tommy's friend and one of the children Lori babysat in 1978. She also reprising her role from the 1978 film. And ironically as well, Nancy Stevens is Marion Chambers, the retired former assistant to Dr. Loomis. She reprising her role as well from 1978, as well as the movies ignored by this reboot, Halloween 2 and Halloween H2O. I liked that, the cast rejoining. Yeah. And Kyle Richards is surprisingly a good actress. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I, I was impressed. Even even my wife was like, wait, Kyle Richards, like the real housewife? I was like, mm, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Real housewives of Beverly Hill. <laughs> yeah. The only one still there from the original cast. Except for her sister. Yeah. Kim Richards. Uh, so we're not going to do a full walkthrough here, but there are going to be spoilers. There's going to be some arguing. There's going to be complaining and shit talking and everything you'd expect from the three of us. And we're not winging this episode, but it's going to feel like a reaction video. Palmer and Alex, <laughs> please, please jump in and scream at me anytime the mood strikes you. Okay. okay. So... Starting this off. The okay, movie... well, I have no skin. <laughs> <laughs> Starting this off, the movie spends the first half jumping around between four primary setups. One, the history of Deputy Hawkins shooting his partner and then missing the rest of his attempts at shooting Michael, jumping forward to remind us all that he was stabbed by Michael and left for dead in the previous movie. <laughs> That's the best way that I can encapsulate that whole scene, that whole fucking... Two feet away from you and you miss four shots. I think we'll come to see in this movie that literally, although we are in Illinois, literally nobody knows how to shoot a gun. Yeah, very weird. What is that supposed to mean? People in Illinois, <laughs> I feel like that's a good, that's like a, a good you're gun over, You're over here looking at Windy City statistics. No, just, I'm not. <laughs> Illinois, how people die in Chicago? Nobody <laughs> can shoot. Nobody can shoot in Illinois. What Illinois is a good old Midwestern town. No, absolutely. Or state. Okay, people, people are... <laughs> the whole state. <laughs> does this bring into question everything you learned from Candyman? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Chicago and with the great state of Illinois as a whole. I feel like... People there know about guns. Barack Obama represents. <laughs> I bet you Barack Obama knows how to shoot a gun. He probably does. And well, he sure shit knows how to drone people. Four more uh, years. Four more years. I'm just saying, I feel like I think Illinois as a state would be good with guns. Yeah. Sure. Hunting, yeah. fishing, where <laughs> shooting outdoor, your fish. outdoorsy things. <laughs> 
the second setup, a bar where most of the adults in Haddonfield seem to be hanging out, listening to grown-up Tommy Doyle as a silver-tongued devil himself that regales the bar with stories of Marion, Lindsay, Lonnie, and himself as survivors of the encounter with the boogeyman. Is this a fucking dumb scene? Okay, see, I, I like the fact that they all get together on Halloween. I don't see, though, how this is like something that you sign up at a talent show yeah, for. Yeah, very strange. But I did like that scene, though, when they're all together in the bar. And he was introduced as, like, the guy who can do bird calls. Yeah. I think that was just, like, a joke. Yeah. But I did like that, though, when they were all sitting there. And, like, as he's telling the story, there's, like, one moment where I think Kyle puts her hand on the nurse's shoulder. Like, that, I felt that. They're like, well, we went through some trauma together. Yeah. But then Tommy Doyle opened his fucking mouth. And I was like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Uh, Tommy doesn't know when the evil's coming back, but it's going to <laughs> at some point. And once it does and they go hunting for Michael, that evil's going to die that night. You know that the nurse is actually the first one that said that. Yeah. It wasn't Tommy Doyle. She said she, in the whispered evil. But like any good cult leader, t- Tommy co-ops it. Yes. Can it's I, just, now. It's can I pose this question to you guys before we go any farther with anything? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Why is it that slashers need to have some sort of powerful male character named Tommy? <laughs> You're right. It's we a, have Tommy Jarvis. Because Tommy, Tommy Tommy's Doyle. Like a good, strong, old American name. It like it, it conjures up ideas of like the fifties. Like Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's a tough. Tommy. I'm Tommy. I'm a fucking street tough. You got you a got street tough. I'm a you got, street tough. You got Tom Brady out there. <laughs> Dude, that dude's hundred years old and fucking slinging that rock. He's gonna. He, it is. Yeah. It's like a good old boy name. It's a good Tommy. Old boy name. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy can like take it on the streets and anything that ends with a Y. Any, to... any dude's name that ends with a Y that could easily just have like that mm-hmm. last letter and Y cut off. Not Barry. Like, oh, like okay. Tom or Dan. Danny. Or John. Brad. Johnny. Or you can't be Bratty. Or so Mike. <laughs> But Mikey, then, then yeah. you're Mickey though. Right, that's say my that, dad. So my dad's that, Mickey. Say that to Wayne Brady. Braddy, just call him Wayne Brad. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Brad. <laughs> also, Braddy sounds like bratty. It yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, our third setup: Lori, Karen, and Allison's story as they flee from Lori's burning house from the first movie, and that's when ninety-five percent of the remaining runtime in various parts of a hospital. The movie mm-hmm. should have started there. With yeah, the let it, it burn. Have. It that should was, have started there. When she was I in the back of the a, truck screaming, let it burn, like, I felt that. It was a very weird decision to bury that scene until 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Film should have started right there. Yeah. Uh, but then they, we wouldn't get the introduction of the new characters. Yeah. Don't care. Don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, Lori's <laughs> confined her room. Karen is chasing the red herring, Michael, which makes no fucking sense because he's five foot five and 250 yeah, pounds of sale donuts. In what fucking world does this man look like? <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, as she tries to save him from Tommy's mob, and then Allison off cavorting with her boyfriend slash not boyfriend to hunt Michael down in the name of Tommy Doyle because evil dies tonight. I hate this whole thing. And the fourth scene. <laughs> Finally, the Myers house, now owned, decorated, and lovingly defended by Big John and Little John, better love, known as Stuart from Mad TV. Love Big John, love Little John. Literally the best part about this movie is Big John and Little John. Oh, absolutely. Yep. They are they are what's his name? The kid from the first film? Oh, I forget his name, but the one who he had a little cameo where he yeah, was like the, the kid that was being the babysitter. little asshole who lives yeah, across the, 20, the street. The twenty eighteen film, everybody just talked about the kid yeah. after they were done watching it. Right? Any horror fan that I talked to was like, "Yeah, it was, it was okay, but the kid was great." And in this, mm-hmm. every conversation I've had has yeah. been, and I was really it was excited. Okay, but Big John and Little John were the best. Like, I was really excited when they announced that he was coming back, and yeah. he gets a twenty second clip on TV. Yeah. That's all I needed to see, though. Yeah. 
Uh, I may reference him as the little asshole who lives yeah. across the street. Uh, but the kids... He, he got 20 seconds, and it was funny, and it was good. Yeah. And I was happy to see him. Yeah. Uh, the kids go trick-or-treating only to be yelled at that this was Michael Myers' house. Don't you know whose house this was? I aspire to be like them when I'm older. I want to live in a house that's pri- primarily painted forest green. Yeah, dark jewel yeah, no, tones. Everything is just green, and it all just, matches. Yeah, beautiful dark jewel tones, heavy curtains. Yeah. Perfectly decorated and smoking weed and listening to spooky records. Yep. Yeah. And then so, eating charcuterie. Yeah, that sounds this amazing. Is, this like is that, how, that's my dream Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But this kind of shit, this these characters, the the weirdness of the house... The the well not weirdness but like the the fact that it's all green the fact that like this house and these characters are one of the 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 most prominent things that I think a lot of people have taken away from this mm-hmm. from the viewing of this film shows that Danny McBride wrote this yeah because mm-hmm. Danny McBride is really really good at making characters caricatures yeah and putting them in scenarios that are that are comedic. And when that happens, it shines, and the rest of the writing is yeah. kind of lukewarm. Yeah. Okay. So eventually, after Tommy convinces everybody at the bar to go Michael hunting, the surviving folks, after the first attempt at Michael hunting, wind up at the hospital with the rest of the town. Some there to find out what happened to their kids, some to get treatment, and some just because I guess they were bored. Maybe they wanted a piece of the evil to make sure that it dies tonight. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so, so I think a lot of people wanted to make sure that it, die, it dies tonight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that movie, that, 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 that sentence is repeated at least 30 times throughout the It's going to get repeated more here. So here we are, mostly confined to the hospital, with a couple of jaunts out to the Myers house, trying to jam everybody into one location and see how much we can waste Jamie Lee Curtis and Will Patton's characters. We get all Will Patton's characters wasted? Absolutely. Will Patton's a great actor. Is he really? Uh, I know. He's been in all sorts of stuff, including a Nicolas Cage movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay, but I was going to say, He was also Chick in Armageddon. Okay, but what has he been in since then? That was like 20 years ago. and they're great movies. But I also don't know that they should have brought him back. No. That guy guy got hit and stabbed. Yep. and, And at the end of the 2018 Halloween, you genuinely think... Sure, this dead. motherfucker is dead, and he is one of the most shocking deaths in the 2018 mm-hmm. version because he's one of those characters that you expect to live. But not only that, that's the reveal for Loomis. Yeah, so so it, he's he serves to be this kind of like anchor point that makes 2018 sort of poignant and lead into this, and then and, just and lead into undo. the yeah, and then they just bring him back. Well, hello, we're back because to Halloween needed, Resurrection. He needed to play fuck. Lori's love interest in the hospital. Yeah. Remember, they almost fucked that one time. Yeah, that one time. Let's get All high those years ago. and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so with the two of them strapped to their hospital beds, we get all of their relevant exposition as their uh, things like Sheriff Hawkins being the reason Michael wasn't dead when he was re- uh, busy preventing Loomis from shooting him. Uh, I guess maybe because he felt bad about shooting his partner and was like, guns are bad. Uh, Loomis was the one that brought Michael to Lori's in the first place, or that boredom lives tonight, or that maybe Michael was just plain evil, or maybe that it's not Haddonfield where nothing happens, but that Mikey was looking at the window, not looking through it, but at his reflection. All the relevant exposition you need crammed into a, I don't know, couple of three-minute blocks in the hospital while they're talking. Uh, that the scene walls. though where she when she is crying she's washing the blood off her hands and realizes that obviously her husband is dead that was pretty sad really you found that to be you yeah found that, when I she didn't. closed the blinds and cried a bit the entire especially the second time we watched through that or sorry the second time I watched through it yeah when we went to go see it in the theaters right 
the first time around, I was like, this is so forced. I really don't care about the trauma because it's not well written. I don't give a shit about Lori's PTSD because it's not well written. There's not anything else that Lori serves to 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 because they to the general overarching story other than this like person who has been devastated by years of trauma for no just reason up until the events of this movie. And the reason none of it resonates like, with me is because they hijacked all of those parts. And replaced it with a fucking mob scene. Well, they we'll spent the whole I'm movie sure building get, up this mob. When we sure, it, when we're, are we getting ready to talk about yeah. the mob scene here in a moment? Because mm-hmm. that 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 whole thing is just a wedged yeah. in yeah. fucking commentary on society that tries to be something more poignant than what it is. And it's and the it's, primary driver in this movie, which is really disappointing because this movie easily could have just been what you were talking about. If the movie picks up with them in the back of the truck driving away, the fire ambulance or the mm-hmm. fire trucks and ambulances driving past them towards the house that's on fire. Yeah. And that's where you pick up. And then you're also dealing with the fact that she watched her husband and Allison watched her dad get murdered. Yeah. And they're at the hospital dealing with the ramifications of that and then find out Michael is still alive mm-hmm. despite Lori's apparent decades of planning preparation right like that is a much more poignant movie than watching tommy doyle rally the entire fucking town to go yeah, hunt down i Michael. hated that and i under I, I completely agree right it's a situational thing that they're trying to talk about the the, well, the state of society at yeah. this point because they completely that there's no mention of covid in this movie you know what i mean it's yeah. supposed to take place in and none of it happens on this is, this is, yeah this is before COVID but right but it wasn't point, like yeah. Yeah. But, yeah but even that even with like our our the last two presidential elections in the rearview mirror mm-hmm. at this point like none of this happens online all of this happens in person either at the bar or at the hospital right but this is a town that's apparently been in fear of michael myers quote-unquote the boogeyman yeah. for 40 years now yeah the generational trauma that these people have faced so, uh, is, de- and I, and is generations I under- old. I understand that from the characters that were involved. Right. And the, it, you don't think the right, rest I, of it? I understand it to an extent mm-hmm. from the characters that were involved. My issue is that this, this has become like a primary plot point mm-hmm. for several characters in this movie, right? That there's some sort of trauma that's supposed to exist right. from... from what Michael has done. And these characters are irrelevant outside of the context of the original Halloween my biggest, when they were kids. My biggest issue mm-hmm. with this movie, and I'm going to fucking say it right now. Please do. Zombie did it first, and he was crucified for it. Who are you? Oh, you keep saying this. Who crucified Zombie really? I love those movies. A lot of people. A lot didn't. of people a that lot I, of people, but I. But a lot of people really liked them too. But. But it seems like the majority of horror fans, the zombie had them with, yeah. with Thousand Corpses mm-hmm. and the Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. And then he took over Halloween. Right. And that was the beginning of his descent, his descent. down. And, and, and it, was because, it was because of a few factors. Mm-hmm. One, the they took story. off the mask. Yeah. Two, he spoke. Mm-hmm. And three, it focused too much on trauma. Right. This whole fucking series is about trauma. <laughs> See, I never, I never agreed with those critiques of Rob Zombie's yeah. Halloween. I liked those movies. Yeah. But so, I think Zombie did it better. I think that he did too, but I don't think that we should say because because someone didn't like it in this movie, then like we're not allowed to like it in this movie 
My biggest problem with this is it's two movies put together into one. I'll concede that. Okay. I'll concede that Okay, to you. thank you. So We should just say that they're both good. One yeah. is better than the other, but just because someone didn't like the other one doesn't mean this one is shit. I think both of them have pitfalls. I don't I, think that I zombie agree. I don't think I the agree. fact that zombie did it better is the reason why I think this movie's not good. But but I'm gonna but I guarantee you like like uh, we will say that and us collectively mm. will probably get some sort of feedback about that comment. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm sure it's not going to be good. I think the zombie Halloween movies are extremely polarizing, right? Yeah. Between in, in the horror community, people either like them or do not like them. It Well, it's, it, it's either that or it's like, we don't care about his origin story, which I have to admit this, this take doesn't give a shit about his origin at all. Yeah. Aside from, he killed, you know, his family. He looked and at himself in the window, and then he killed his sister. Yeah, the, <laughs> now he looks through a window, and now there's <laughs> some sort of mysterious connection between him and Lori. Even though it, like, on one hand, throws away Halloween 2 and the sibling connection, but on the other hand, also... Still references Still references Halloween 2? And that, that's my problem, is they've been very clear since the first one. So the Halloween two did not happen. So where where and are they referencing Halloween two? So the sheriff whose daughter died. Yeah. And he's uh, and that whole exposition of the reason why he didn't show up that night was because of his daughter dying. All of that gets revealed in Halloween two. You're right. But his daughter gets murdered in the first one. Right. So he's so then so then if you're if you're referencing Halloween two, then they have to be siblings. Because that's the big reveal in Halloween too, is that they're siblings, right? That's like that's that's. But they are siblings. No, because in the in in 2018's Halloween, uh-huh. there's that whole scene where they're walking down the street and they're talking about, oh, that was just a rumor. They're not actually siblings. Oh yeah, because okay. that was that specific moment where they they and they kept it under wraps during all of the 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 lead up to the release of the movie uh-huh. about what they were going to do to address that. Um, cause that was their big way of saying like, no, we're just going back to Halloween one. One. Okay. So there's, <clears throat> there's just like, it's like where, okay. So where are you guys going to start the retcon? Because I have no problem with, with rebooting. Here's all right. <laughs> <His face. laughs> These are the nights where I wish we had the camera running for the live stream, which we will bring back at some point. Yeah, uh, I just gotta get figure out how to get my computer to not melt because the the, um, the, the populace needs to see your faces right uh, now. Yeah. It can't just be us. So I had I had this kind of reaction when Star Wars decided to retcon a whole bunch of really really good literature mm-hmm. that they that they have built up as canon over the the course of the entire franchise right. when Disney took it over mm-hmm. and decided to introduce a whole other shitty trilogy. Um, <laughs> the the problem is if you're if you're going to retcon a bunch of stuff that came before it, you would need to have a reason and a good. It's like taking a dive off a diving board, right? You've got to work with the pliancy to be able to get the momentum up in the air and then go from there. And there is no... there is no Palmer's a professional diver. There is no momentum. Like, with this... Like, so... And that leads me to another reference to, to Star Wars. Right. If you're going to release a second film that audiences know is going to be the bridge between the f- the first film and the final film, mm-hmm. you have to have some sort of major reveal that blows the audience away. 
Empire proved that. And yes. there wasn't with this. And there wasn't well, with there this. Well, there was, kind of. It's that I think that they finally did solidify the fact that Michael Myers is, in fact, a superhuman force, right? Which is also weird because they've gotten rid of the supernatural elements from Michael Myers that from, were revealed in four through six. But they're not, they don't give a shit about that. Yeah, and I and I and that I'm, is they are saying like I'm almost okay with him retconning. Like I'm fine with him retconning four through six. Like yeah. that's fine, and I understand that you're not. But like, but they super, keep but they keep making mentions that he's got the mind of a child and the body of a man and the 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 strength of an animal of an or animal, whatever whatever yeah and the mind of the an mind animal. of or an the animal. mind of an animal yeah um and he's a superhero no because it, yes but they keep trying to position it as just like. Up and up until the very end, at least, mm-hmm. which they was keep, the reveal. They keep trying to position it as like he's just a giant dumb person, and then it was revealed at the end that they were wrong. I don't know if they were though. Yeah, but like, because, and I'm gonna tell you why. They stabbed him like twenty times. No, and he they just, didn't. No, they. Okay, hold well, on. They hold shot on. him a couple Pause times. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. Pause for. a he second. He did get shot twice. We no. In this movie, he got twice. Shot twice. We know for a fact. That Michael Myers was shot six times. That's true. In the in the over the in, course in of the, the first two films, yeah. We have four stabbings in the abdomen yeah. that took place uh-huh. in this film. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We have at least three shots that happened. One pitchfork to the back. A pitchfork to the back. Yeah. Multiple bludgeonings to the head, and we know Michael Myers can get knocked out because of the 2018 film because he's knocked out yeah. and the psychiatrist the, gets him in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, he gets knocked out in the basement too for a second too. Right. So we know that he's capable of getting knocked out. So he's obviously able to experience some sort of head trauma. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is literally bludgeoned by a mom. And this is where I also take issue. We're not there yet though. <sighs> We're, not, we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. All right. Beyond the walls of the hospital room, Allison and Karen are arguing about whether or not uh, the useless cops can do anything to stop Michael or if Allison needs to do it herself. They just gave up. They did. They did. They really They're did. They're just like, no, they're, fuck the, it. Hands up. The mob like, can't do shit. We have guns, and, we sh- we have guns and badges, but we're not going to stop well, this Well, if they're mob. from Illinois, they're probably a shit shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy's busy whipping up the rest of the January 6 riders to go out and stop the steal <laughs> because you. evil okay. dies tonight. <laughs> That's exactly the vibe I was getting. Uh, and Big John and Stuart John get got as Michael returns home, and Lonnie wins Dad of the Year award when he takes his son and Alice into the Myers Who house. Who the fuck does that? Who the fuck even brings children, seventeen-year-old yeah. children, to go hunt a superhero bad guy? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but so, they don't know he's a superhero no. at this well, point. Well, he still has killed we're, multiple people. Yeah, the, the, and that's where I, that's yeah. where the separation. The fuck are you? Do about so we're, it. we're about to get to p- the point where Palmer can make. Finally, all the f- after all the fire department, all the black people, all the folks named John, and all the escaped mental patients that are mistaken for evil get killed in this movie. We get to the final showdown where Karen swipes Michael's mask, leading him through the neighborhood to a mouse trap. Where once again we see Tommy and his revolutionaries take the sh- take on the shape to ensure evil dies tonight. The mob puts him down and fa- fails to make sure he's dead. Because why would anybody make sure this fucking guy is dead? And then Michael gets up and pretty easily murders what's left of the mob. Why would how you not? Palmer, take how, it away. How hard is it to just yep. shove an axe in the back of the or just, guy's Or just head? hit his head over with a baseball bat until it literally is in is the concrete. Pulp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a pulp. Like, this is twice this has happened. Yeah. Where they have had him in a situation. Karen could have stabbed yep. him multiple times or done anything with the pitchfork when she saved Allison. So while we as an audience 
know right. that this is twice that this has happened. It's true. The town doesn't. And I think that's where we have to sort of suspend our disbelief. But they've made such a... Uh, I don't have a problem with Karen not doing it because she's stopped him to save Allison. Allison saved. He's down. She's going to steal the mask and run away. Right. Fine. Whatever. This mob... Tommy specifically that was their job. has spent the entire movie at this point talking about how evil's going to die tonight I, and Tommy saying, I'm going to be the one to kill him. Tommy's walking around with this fucking baseball bat like it's a shillelagh and he's about to fucking murder a goddamn <laughs> leprechaun. <laughs> and you're telling me that he's not going to sit there he's beating him? He's basically Negan. Yeah. yeah this oh, entire... Yeah. With a less badass baseball bat. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing. Karen goes and stabs him right at the very end yep. before wandering off. But you're really going to tell me that Tommy's made such a big deal this entire movie, and he's not sitting there before Karen goes and stabs him, stabs Michael with his own knife, that Tommy's not beating the shit out of Michael's head with that baseball bat he swept off the bar? he had realized at one point that, like... Oh, maybe I'm the bad guy maybe now? Maybe the, the evil is with him. Because I got this fucking <laughs> little dumpy... Man. I got That's this, right. I got this, this weird dumpy little guy to throw himself off the seventh floor of a hospital. That was sad. That was sad. Was it? I thought it was sad. The second I didn't, I, I didn't feel anything for the stupid fucking piece. It was so poorly written that I didn't give a shit about the whole like that whole commentary. It was, it was very just the, no, scene, just the to, scene where he was like in between the 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 two panes of glass, yeah. and there's the people attacking him on both sides. And but it was the setup for it. The only thing that was I mean, going through my head is why coming. would why would Judy Greer put Not, this asshole in a hallway? Yeah. that's easily the most broke. Why wouldn't you just lock him in the room that you found him See, in? See, that right. wasn't even the issue I had. I didn't even care about that part. My issue, going back to what I said, who the fuck, especially when half these people were kids that encountered Michael Myers as kids, who the fuck thinks this five foot five, two hundred and fifty pound sack of donuts well, because they, is Michael Myers? Because they saw him on the news and they got freaked out. Yeah. They saw his picture on the they news. They saw and the that, picture and of the other I guy too. That I could almost though. understand, but like yeah, that I could almost panicked. understand. They're 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 frenzied mob. Yeah, shit that shit that comes up on the news. And he was in the car and it freaked media. them out. And they saw his picture and the and the, the it was the woman in the nurse outfit. Yeah. Runs out there, sees him, and says, I, it's the guy I saw on the news. Yeah. It's Michael Myers. And everyone just loses their fucking shit. Yeah. And, 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 but, but the fact of the matter is that when, when people see a, an image on any sort of television, even myself, even you guys, like, you would, you would immediately assume that they're, they're, not, they're not good people, right? So right. you're going to freak out if you saw that five-foot-whatever mm-hmm. guy... Dumpy guy running around. And yeah, he doesn't he look like a He's got a big gash person. on his head. He's got long At the hair. very He's least, like a he looks like Danny a pedo. Danny yeah, he does look like a pedo. <laughs> and at that point, by the time they find him in the hospital, they're also frenzied up anyway. There's yeah. people literally being like, that's not him. And they're yeah. like, fuck you. I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah. So now like, I'm just pissed. Yeah. So like... I'm going to take it out on somebody. From that perspective, I get it, right? Like, I understand what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it was so... Um, I'd, I'd rather like it, yeah, it was forced. It was I felt, really the yeah, best everything way about leading up to it, to everything it. to the end. I completely agree. There was just that one scene where I felt really bad for him, locked in between yeah. those. Yeah, two. when he's getting ready to yeah, jump and he's staring only, at his options. Yeah, that's the only part that I was like, oh, me, I feel kind of bad. About for it. me, yeah. my issue isn't even that it's forced because yeah, like that forced storylines happen in movies that we see all the time. I'm not surprised by that. The problem that I have with this movie is what I mentioned earlier. There's so much opportunity to focus if you start the movie with Lori and, and Karen and Allison driving away. If you start the movie there and picking up exactly where the first movie ended, mm-hmm. and then the focus is on them. Maybe they didn't want the focus to be on Lori. 
Maybe Lori didn't want the focus to be on her. Which is, is Jamie Lee Curtis like which trying is to a not waste of Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode in a movie about Michael Myers surviving her forty years of planning for his return? Yeah. This is a complete bridge movie that doesn't reveal anything good. Well, I mean, her daughter dies, so there's that. That's true, which we're about to explain. After going back to Michael's home to check on Allison and see if maybe, just maybe, Cameron can be put back together after being, uh, you know, shoved through a railing and have his that neck was turned good. That was a good kill. That I like a, that. that was I feel good. like yeah. that was very reminiscent of, like, classic Michael well, Myers. Well, they got back to the, but they got, the, it, well, I don't know if it was He put down the classic, weapons. But they he got, put down the random weapons. Yes. They, they nailed the brutality of it, He used right? his like, own brute force yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it, which exactly. I feel like is, you know, he can that. lift people up with one hand above and put them on the hooks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like um, a, the brute strength and they, of and yeah. The thing I like about what ha- all the kills <laughs> that happened in the Michael house with Big John and Little John and mm-hmm. with Cameron and with Cameron's dad they Even got back the elderly couple that, yeah. that he kills. Yeah. Like what? I thought it was excessive. Yeah. He got back to posing them. I like that. Which which I liked. Yeah, he does. Because there was that scene with Big John and Little John where they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see the picture of the two of them on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it pans over and the two of them are in that he same position. He has such an attention for detail. He's quite the artiste. Mm-hmm. He is. What do you think about though the older couple with the drone? How she has the um you know the the halogen or the like LED light in her oh shoved in her neck and she's just watching him stab the husband like multiple I, times I, I with thought multiple that was really excessive. I thought that was really excessive. That seemed yeah. a little out of character for well, him. So it reminds me of the first one where he went into that house and killed the mother of the baby. It was it was yeah. excessive. It was pointless and it was irrelevant to what I see as Michael Myers. And why was he in there in the first place, really? Yeah. Because it was just another it was another uh, victim the, on his path on his way. Because they make a good point, right? He, yeah. He yeah, kind of he is, just kills. He just on his way to his house every single time, just kind of jaunts around, kills yeah. people, and then so, yeah. like I, I mean, like on that, and if you're playing that perspective, then I, I guess I, I get it, but it just seems it's to me, you know how like with Big John and Little John, mm-hmm. and this is this genuinely isn't me asking for less gore in horror films, but with the Big John and Little John, we get we get Big John's eye gouge, which yep. is fucking gnarly. Yep. Yep. Totally undeserved, but gnarly. Uh, and and then it cuts out before we hear little John scream. Yeah, why and then it cuts out. That? Right? Like so so with this with the with the but elderly that, that couple. That feels like a classic horror movie setup. Like a classic slasher kind of thing where like you see does it though because like i don't i don't i think if you're playing by classic slasher rules everybody that dies dies for a reason and we don't have a reason not the rules rules as far as like as far as the gore like you're gonna see one and then you're gonna see this quote-unquote the second one off screen and i guess i've been so um Mm -hmm. like that one felt classic the the old couple i guess i've been so conditioned by reagan era 80s slashers Mm -hmm. that you have to do drugs or have Pre-marital sex well, to deserve your death. Look, you're such a death. Puritan. They were, having gay, they were having gay sex, potentially. Well, yeah. And of, we don't, of course they were having gay sex, but they were also smoking weed. But 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 my oh. argument isn't necessarily against the the. It's the elderly couple. The, yeah, the elderly that couple makes no sense. Super well, they excessive. were drinking. I think their death, though, I and think sex and not only their deaths, but the way they were killed, I think, plays into the way that David Gordon Green was specifically building up this movie with the brutality. Right, and and uh, but I it doesn't it doesn't fit. The, I liked it. It doesn't I fit the have, character. No, I, like I'm fine with I'm fine with the brutality aspect. That's one of the reasons that I love zombies' portrayal of it so much because it was so absolutely brutal. I have no problem with the brutality, but I would expect more. Of a reason for him to show us these 
excess murders. Yeah. Like, more than just to illustrate that zombie is just parading around. Or, sorry, not zombie. <laughs> that that We've been talking about Rob Zombie this whole time. Uh, that Michael Myers is parading around town just killing these people more than just to fill up five minutes of runtime. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I got that at all from the the elderly couple. The difference between them and and Big John and Little John that we have a whole almost 10 minute segment of the film mm-hmm. where we're introduced to these two characters. They're probably the most endearing characters of this of the second film. We get a whole lot of backstory for them, a whole lot about their relationship, and then a whole lot about the fact that they live currently in the Myers residence. Yeah. And the because of that, just show up and get killed. Because of that, there is a lot of weight to the way that they die at the end of the film. I was rooting for them. Yeah. You know, like they were they to me, Big John and Little John were the best part of the new movie. Yeah. And to watch them die on screen genuinely had uh, an effect on me. And I have to applaud this movie for, for those two characters. But their kills the make sense because they're couple, living in the Myers house. The el- Yeah, and I'm not disputing that. Yeah. But the elderly couple made no sense. Like, like, all right, show the show the uh, um, the husband get taken away and his throat slit in the broken mm-hmm. glass and whatever, and that's fine. And then show him busting the 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 LED light, light yeah. and approaching her. And that's it. Honestly, don't, I think you, you don't need to show me anything game. else. Honestly, I think you could go even further if you take if you take out that entire sequence. I thought it was good. More of the elderly couple. Yeah, yeah. If, if I you just take like out the whole sequence, people get murdered. But that's my point. If you take out the whole sequence of the elderly couple dying, mm-hmm. the movie doesn't change. The no. only thing that changes is that's where they're you establishing can say that about a lot of this movie. But that's that's the only part where they're establishing the absolute brutality in this movie. I like they already pe- established that in the 2018 one. I like seeing people get fucking murdered. I thought I'm it was great. I'm not disputing that. I'm <laughs> not, not disputing that. Have a reason. But the fact that like like we got almost 45 seconds of him just throwing the husband on the table and then proceeding to shove no. 15 knives that, into yeah, the, that was to his back. I like the I like the LED in the neck though. I thought it yeah. was I thought it was good. Personally, I think you could have cut as he was approaching yeah. and it would have been fine. I but that and that's and that's genuinely not me calling for censorship or oh, any yeah. shit like that, but it's it's just like as at, if if I was behind the camera, mm-hmm. I would have said and we're done. That's a wrap. Like more blood. Let's kill more. People. And that's the thing. Like from my perspective, as far as a gore perspective, like sure, it was cool. It was awesome. They did some really fun stuff in that. From a movie perspective, I think that whole sequence was irrelevant because you've already established the brutality when he turns that fucking power saw backwards on the firefighter. That was good. yeah. I think so too. But that so we talked about the mob mentality a little bit. Yeah, you're telling me that 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 this fucking version. Of Michael Myers mm-hmm. can take on firemen who are yes. who are generally fit. in the United States at least amongst the most fit mm-hmm. of EMS and first responders mm-hmm. out there. Yep. And by fit, I mean conditioned. Yep. And wearing are a ton, all, of, a ton all, of gear that actually. Would 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 so they're wearing they're wearing gear. They know how to use said gear. Mm-hmm. And Michael Myers, somebody who we're supposed to believe at this point at least mm-hmm. is a normal person, right? 
turns around and I mean, takes a strong on, dude. A strong takes dude. On, takes on a dedicated man. I'm yeah. so I'm so I guarantee you firefighters <laughs> are going to be just as strong if not stronger than than somebody yeah. who's been in a sane asylum for 40 years. Yeah. All right. He may have been um, working out, you don't know. He, and and you know what? I <laughs> no, we saw the even yard if Michael the Myers movie, was standing on the checkerboard. He just stands there in the checkerboard, yeah. Even if he was scene. doing that 2000 push-ups a day, yeah, yeah, yeah. curl-ups until he can't do it anymore type of thing. Thing. Like I don't, I don't care. You can't take on a fleet of fucking eleven firefighters. You can if you're Michael Myers, apparently. Apparently, but then he's beaten down by a whole bunch of fucking chubby old sixty year olds. Then he gets back up again, though. You knock him down. He drinks a beer, whiskey. He's chumba wumba. He, he, <laughs> he jumps back up. Oh okay. my god! They took him down for a second. Okay. Yeah. That's he was true. real pissed. That was more than a second. He was shaking as he was trying to reach for his knife, yeah, and, and then, then all of a sudden he just jumps and then right he back up. Regenerated. <laughs> and that's and that's and you know what I'm even willing to accept something like that. Right. But the firefighters would have put up more of a fight. Oh my god, but that was such a cool scene though. Just that was a cool scene. The house on fire in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when he walks out of the the uh the house, you know, as it's on fire and they're all surrounding him, it looks just like when he was like a little kid and all the cops surrounded him in the original. It was yeah. a good callback. It was, it was. It was a callback that wasn't too forced, yeah. which I appreciate. Which I appreciate so, compared to the first movie, which was yes. like every other one. And so it was my, like heavy-handed. So other big... just, just to finish up what happens in this movie real quick before you get into your next big wing. Karen goes upstairs to investigate whether Alice, uh, while Allison's receiving medical she attention. She wanted to look into the mirror or she, the window. Because, because everybody's been talking about looking, through, looking, looking through Michael's sister's window. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> so while Karen's peering out the window to see what reflection I staring back at her, Michael appears and stabs her to death in Judith Meyer's old bedroom as we get a juxtaposition of Laurie staring out of the window of Talking about how he is going to come back and he is a superhero. Yeah, and every time he kills, he transcends. And that's that's our He gains his power from the fear of the town and the fear of the people who have like generational trauma from his existence. So this movie um kind of turns into like a Robert Rodriguez joint uh, when <laughs> when the mob murders start happening because it's like something out of Sin City right? in the way that it's shot. It's yeah. just a black background with lots of very, very, very like Everybody focused. gets their, their turn on camera getting their one shot yeah, in. Yeah, getting their one shot in. And then, it's and it's then, the end of Death Proof. Yeah, or, or, or like I said, Sin City or, or you know... <laughs> Any number of any other things that Robert Rodriguez has worked on, but it's it's very liberally borrowed from his style yeah. of directing in the way that the action is presented, and it, that to me screams you ran out of budget. Mm. And uh, then on top of that, I it, this movie concludes with 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 Judy Greer mm-hmm. staring out the the window yeah. and being okay. stabbed. Yeah, to what death. do we think about this? Because you guys were not pleased. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I thought it was a throwaway death. At the end of a throwaway film. I thought that it was like, I don't know. You're telling me Judy Greer. Yeah. Second banana in every movie she's ever just been got, in. Just got, as a, as a last second, for, like, for me, her, her death carries more weight. Yeah. If either Andy Matichek or Jamie Lee Curtis know about it. Well, they will soon. They will. I but, guarantee you that's going to be the first fucking thing that happens. But to... they don't. And the the reason I say this is a problem for me is because, again, if you start this movie with 
the scene of Laurie seeing them go towards the house that's on fire and screaming, uh-huh. where she's seeing the potential her, of Michael yeah. surviving. Mm-hmm. If you juxtapose the strength of that with the potential of her seeing her daughter, who has spent 40 years thinking her mom's a crazy person, right. dying mm-hmm. to the hands of her boogeyman. Well, she should have fucking listened to her then. That is a much stronger death than Judy Greer staring out of Judith's window and dying. So here's. So, so you here's, think that Lori should have seen it? Yes. I think if Michael kills her in front of Lori, that is that way would, more powerful. Yeah, that would have been good. Here's. That would have been good. So Especially we, with Lori not being able to do anything to stop it. Yeah. We see Judy Greer's character have Michael follow her what? A block. Uh, not even like, a couple backyards and shit. It's hard to tell where, like, how far she It's runs. like one house that we see. The way, the way they edit it, it's hard to tell, though, how far she's I running. would assume so, it's like a block. So, but, all right. So even if we're talking at most like a four-block radius, right? Okay. The amount of police that are over at the Myers house yeah. when... when <clears throat> The daughter and Judy Greer are being shown kind of Judy Greer's character is looking out the window. Right. The daughter's sitting with her her fucking compound fracture on the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we see a sea mm-hmm. of police. Mm-hmm. You expect me to believe that that sea of police police hasn't been the four blocks. Back over the other way to see what's going on with the mob. Witnessing the fucking mob massacre. And, and that's here's, happening. here's my other problem, and I think that's more to do with yeah. the fact that this is, you know, uh, it's what we do when we research all this stuff. We talk about it on these episodes. It's like we already know because we talked about it last week that, you know, David Gordon Green says the third movie has a four year time jump forward. Mm. We already know that. Mm. So we are missing out on Lori's initial reaction to her daughter. So, getting so we're, yeah, we're already missing out on that. Unless they have like a, mi- a minute flashback, yeah. right? So I mean, <laughs> hopefully, because you're right, it, it is wasted for her not to be able to see that. Yeah, that would have been very poignant. Because again, you 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 you've you've taken her and you've maybe she doesn't die. She and she might not. If I, that one guy well, who were just you know the guy from Armageddon or whatever, the if sheriff. He, yeah, if the sheriff can withstand and survive yeah, what Hawkins he went survived. through, maybe. Maybe Judy Greer is not actually dead. She looked pretty dead she, on the ground. She was. <laughs> she <laughs> her was eyes pretty were fucked. <laughs> Michael looked, was standing on top of her, yeah. took her place, staring out the window. Well, yeah, there was a good like, maybe like twenty she's stabs. Also a superhero. Maybe, oh, okay. So she, every time he kills, she <laughs> yeah. also transcends. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? With the writing in this movie, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So doubt it one at all. of one of the leading one of the leading theories about this movie. Oh, there are theories. And for the next one, okay, that I've already encountered mm-hmm. is the idea that Michael is searching for his parents. Okay. I don't know what that means in the context of the next movie. His parents. Yeah. His parents would be dead at this point. That's what I not? figured because he's, he's what old as sixty. 50? Yeah, he's he's like mid sixties, I think, at this point. Yeah, so his so parents, his parents would like be either nineties or eighties, or nineties and decrepit. Yeah, what the fuck? Or gone, or dead, yeah, yeah. or dead. Um, so that's that's one of the leading theories I've read about this. But if you're gonna throw something like the parents in there, you'd think that would have been like the last like big revelation is like Lori's like also my parents are alive, and then it's like. 
Ooh. You know, yeah. Halloween movie theme plays yeah. and Michael staring out the window. Mommy, is that you? Yeah, mother. <laughs> mother. But I, I feel like that's my biggest issue. What are the other theories, though? That That's the biggest one that okay. I've come across. Okay. Um, but I think my issue with it is, again, just like there's so much more that could have been done with this movie because of the setup from the first one. Mm-hmm. But the first one being focused on Lori and Karen and Allison and their relationship yeah. as and similar to H2O with Josh Hartnett being like, you know, 17 years of this shit. Yeah. Like it's it's nonsense. What was that? Yeah. Karen what? Karen not only has dealt with that her entire life, but she's also got a daughter now. So Lori's mm-hmm. got a granddaughter who's grown up mm-hmm. hearing the same bullshit. You take all of that character building and all of that opportunity mm-hmm. and you you put it on the back burner in the interest of some weird social some, commentary on Tommy building a fucking yes. gang to go, yeah, tarn feather Michael Myers. Yeah, and then don't even do a good job at it. Yeah, it's a really lost opportunity in I, what yeah. was already established to be the bridge movie between mm-hmm. Halloween and Halloween Dies right. or Ends or whatever the fuck they're calling it. That's, yeah. So, okay. so we're going to give this movie a rating, right? Like at the end of this at the <laughs> end of this podcast. As we tend to do. It's getting rated uh, rusty, boring, dull pitchforks out of five. No, it's not. We usually decide <laughs> this as a group. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I am going, this is going to be the, probably one of the only times that I ever do this on this, this podcast. For me, <laughs> this rating is going to have an asterisk okay. by it. Because oh, depending on what they it's do going the to one. be very dependent on what they do with the third one okay. as to how I view this film going forward. Okay. I'm going to follow that up by saying this movie changes my rating of the first one. You guys are so Interesting. picky. No, I think this movie makes... <laughs> you guys are so fucking picky. We watch some terrible ass movies on this podcast. We do. This and movie, you're like, I think it was kind of funny. I'm going to no. give it a four and a half. This movie makes the first one better in my opinion. Oh, all right, there was me jumping the gun. Yeah, I was thinking. You. I, yeah, I look got defensive. You. I guess I got. Yeah. I get a little defensive, you guys. Because I, 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 I get spent, a little defensive. I, I, if you go back, <laughs> if you go back a couple years or whenever it was, yeah, if you go back a few years yeah. and listen to when we talked about the original, uh, the, the first of these, I, I felt like a lot of it was fan service. Yes. Um, and I, I, I didn't think it was that great. Mm-hmm. Um, but after watching this. There's enough in that first movie, and there's enough in this movie where if they went in that direction, mm-hmm. in the direction that I feel like they were trending from the first movie, mm-hmm. this movie could have been a lot better. So you're giving the... So the first movie, in my opinion, set up yes. a lot better than what they delivered here. Okay. And so the first movie, in retrospect, Gets is actually better than I remember. And then you are going to give this movie rating depending on... The next movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'm just going to give this movie a, a normal rating. Okay. <laughs> what, what, all right, Alex. What is your normal uh, January what are you Okay, well, first I feel like... What, I, what's your insurrectionist rating? <laughs> I also feel like I need to preface this by saying it's a little bit difficult for me to give this an accurate rating because okay. watching any Halloween movie in a movie theater and just getting any part of the Halloween franchise getting a movie for me is exciting. And I don't feel so, um, what's the word inclined to give that much of a shit about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just happy to, I'm just happy to be here. And like you said, seeing it in theaters (laughs) and I know Palmer mentioned that I said this earlier. Um, the first time I saw this, I just watched it on Paramount plus or Peacock or whatever it's on. Yeah. And I watched it at home. Uh, and I don't even think I had headphones on. I think I was just watching it with like my mm-hmm. shitty little computer speakers. 
the difference in seeing this movie, you know, at home, just even if you're watching it on TV or whatever, versus seeing it in theater with like mm-hmm. the hundred and fifty thousand dollar sound stage that mm-hmm. they've got is massive. Yeah. Um, and it really does remind me of just like how great it is to see movies in movie theaters because you're getting that full experience that you just don't get at home unless you have a very expensive sound setup yeah. at home. I'm just happy to be given the opportunity to see a movie in this franchise. There's a lot of, you know, lost franchises of movies that were amazing that we don't even get to see anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and how exciting would that be to even be given the chance? So all I want to say is I'm prefacing this by the fact that I'm I'm just happy to be here, man. So let me let me <laughs> let me also stay say this. Um I appreciate the fact that at least with Halloween they're trying to go for some sort of overarching meta right with the course of their films are we mm-hmm. allowed to say that word now because um meta, meta? oh that's <laughs> facebook yeah <laughs> are we allowed to say Metaverse. that word anymore <laughs> friday the 13th at best was just like hey, hey. <laughs> we're gonna make some lightning hit the ground <laughs> And then suddenly Jason Voorhees is going to be back. Right. <laughs> and then. And then, they and then, into and then, it. And we're and all then, just happy to watch it. And they, then, they leaned into it. And then. And then. We're going to blow him to smithereens. Yep. And then we're going to send him to space. And suddenly his spine is going to regenerate his entire body. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be amazing. Fun fact, he's Wolverine. It's going to be great. <laughs> and so look, so and in that regard, I have to I have to applaud the Halloween franchise yeah. for for at least we're happy trying. you're here. We are happy you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they have and they're putting effort into it. They're yeah. trying. And when you say that, you know, like when you say, look, it's it's at least nice to see it in theaters and have an opportunity to see this franchise continue. You're right. I can't argue with that. Right. And I, I think it's just the uh, amount of entitlement. That I have as a horror okay. um, fan. This uh, is the most humble I've ever heard Palmer speak. When when I and, but I feel like I need to justify this because I can't just bash this franchise without. And I did it last week, and I listened to the as I was editing the podcast. I was like, <laughs> man, I really bashed this thing without really justifying why okay. I dislike it, other than me saying something along the lines of. How dare you? How, like, like, <laughs> like the first and second one were good. Herder, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like, why aren't why isn't it more like the first and second one? And you're right. Like, we're lucky to have this, mm-hmm. and there is some sort of entitlement that comes with being a horror fan and growing up with a series of movies and watching. Every single major horror franchise, regardless of what it is, with each consecutive release, deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Because it does. Yes. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything from fucking, you know, Halloween to Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. To Hellraiser. To Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, every one of them deteriorates in some way, shape, or form with each consecutive release. There's there's never been a single franchise out there in horror that has had an A-plus fucking AAA Release from start to finish. Yeah, you know you can you, you have seven parts of something, and eventually you're gonna hit a misstep. Yeah. So we're very lucky to have this, and I can't I can't dispute any of that. But once again, that entitlement of of being a horror fan and having this like, well, if you're gonna pull this franchise out of of 
the nether, which is really where it was, right? Because the last time we 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 had resurrection, and mm-hmm. that was kind of like the final nail in this franchise's coffin for a long time. Yeah, yeah. until Hall- Halloween got resurrected by zombie. Yeah, but that was just so polarizing mm-hmm. by the horror community that it didn't feel like it was a cohesive bit. And then we got yeah. 2018, and people seem to be rabid about this series again. Yes. And for and that, it, I, mean, I have did, to applaud. It, it did help that 2018 did lean a lot into fan service of like, yeah. thanks for being here and thanks for sticking around with this. Yeah. Here you go. Here's something Which cool. I loved. Yeah. I was ready for it to, to make a change for this one, yeah. which yeah. it did. I, but but you, set up, you set up 2018, and I guess I expected something that was going to be better or something that was at least going to, to really justify... Its existence, and I already walked away from 2018 a little disappointed. Hmm. And so when I saw this, I was like, "Well, what's the point of this this second movie in this trilogy?" And I keep I keep coming back to that question: Is what's the point of this movie? Because it's fucking awesome. But to me, it's not. Okay. It's not fucking awesome. I think, but I think it is. And that's great. Like, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm really glad so you it enjoyed it. So justifies it for me because I think it's awesome. But to me, it's just like, all right, if I go and watch the 2018 one, and then the one that's coming up, mm-hmm. is there a point for twenty or for the 2021 release? Is I there a point for Halloween Kills? <laughs> I, I do prefer the is, 2018 one more. Is yeah. the point of this movie establishing that supernatural element to him? I mean, they did make And maybe very... if they jump off the deep end with the third one, then, then it could totally change the way that I yeah. view this one. Because yeah. they really did make a point of, like, it was a whole monologue, right, yeah. at the end of the movie that was, like, the last thing that we're left with besides Judy Greer's character dying is that we are... The question that has been asked since this franchise started, like, is he... Is he human? Is he human? Is he not human? Like, wh- what is his fucking deal? What is evil? And they were like, okay, we're going to tell you. But so, to be frank, I'm not sure that they have the balls to say definitively one way or the other. I, it sounded pretty definitive one. to me. We'll see. And it looks pretty <laughs> definitive to me. I think my biggest problem with this movie... <laughs> we'll see. My biggest problem with this movie, and it's going to play into my rating, is it's twofold. One, if I'm watching a Halloween movie... Uh-huh. I'm I'm in it for Michael and Lori. I don't care about the rest, especially in the context of we're going back to Halloween 1 as our starting point. She wasn't even like that big. I mean, Lori specifically? But their dynamic between the two. Really? That's that's my main interest. Huh. The second thing, the second thing is, and this plays back into Halloween 2018 is and and it's the big reason why I have a huge problem with how this movie was set up. Mm-hmm. They spent the whole Halloween 2018 setting up the dynamic between Lori and Michael, mm-hmm. and then Lori, Karen, and Allison. Mm-hmm. And that is your story. If Tommy or anybody else in the town yeah. had any part in Halloween 2018, I'd give a shit about them in this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't. Yeah. And that entire storyline just feels like... Yeah. Danny McBride and David Gordon Green and uh, what's his name? Um, Scott Teams mm-hmm. wrote out their ideas because they, I mean, they said that they had like written all this out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, just like everything else, a bunch of ideas hit the cutting room floor. And it seems like they got down to like two or three story points and couldn't narrow it down and just decided to run with it. Yeah. I did not like the mob part of the movie. But if you take out the mob part of the movie, you're losing literally 40 minutes of runtime. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. 
Well, then maybe he should have just killed more people. <laughs> I would have been fine <laughs> with that. You want some more elderly people? More elderly people elder. to die. Okay. Yeah, see, I would have been fine with that. Kill some babysitters. Kill some children. Just kill a bunch of fucking people. And because they, Whoever's in his way. I love it. And because they make the whole point. Uh, Lonnie makes it. the whole point when they're looking at the map of where all the deaths have happened. That, like they're, he's making How does his, he even know where all the deaths have happened? He's making mm-hmm. his way back home. Maybe and he's, 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 just, he's just trying to go home. If the third movie, honestly, uh, no, honestly, you know what? I'm going to go out and say it now. The third movie jumps four years into the future. Okay. Yeah. Karen's dead. Uh-huh. Uh, Allison has left Haddonfield because she can't. I thought you were going to say Allison has AIDS. I legitimately <laughs> thought you were going to say Allison has, Allison has AIDS. Allison has left Haddonfield. <laughs> To go out to like California and just get as far away from all of this. She's as pulling she can. a Sydney Prescott. She's pulling a Sydney Prescott. She she's just like I'm gonna go start over. My my mom's dead. My dad's dead. My grandmother is a psychopath, and she's being hunted by an actual psychopath. I'm going Lori, to college on the West Coast. Lori has gotten out of the hospital and has built a new mousetrap for Michael Myers, and we jump four years into the future, and the movie picks up. With Michael still staring out of that fucking window, uh-huh. not having moved since the end of this movie. And no one knows that he's there. Nobody knows that he's there. <laughs> he's just the been police staring out this window. <laughs> Look at that weird weird reflection in his, the mirror. His or blue in the jumpsuit window. really does blend into the jewel tones of yeah. the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just been standing there for four years. And at this point, and, and, and what so we find... he doesn't eat or sleep or pee. He doesn't eat or sleep or pee or anything. What happens is... He sounds he like a member of IATSE. It's his 70th birthday. <laughs> Okay. okay. It's Michael's 70th birthday. Okay. And he's like, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to go have a seat. In the chair. In the chair. And we just learn he dies there quietly in the chair at home. In his bed. In his sister's room. In his sister's room. And Lori has gone off the deep end. She is like a doomsday, a full-known doomsday prepper that they allude to in this movie. Like, don't fuck with that woman. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. But she's gone full doomsday prepper, and she ends up becoming the evil. The evil oh. was within her the whole time. So Lori starts QAnon. It's, yes. <laughs> well, and that's why he was so obsessed okay. with her is because he sees the evil in her yeah. in himself. I've got to stop her. He before, was trying to stop her. Because, I gotta stop her because I know my days are coming to an end. And he knows that she's even more evil than he is. Yes. He's actually trying to protect people. So and meanwhile, Allison's off just getting abused by Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood. <laughs> Dang. That's Halloween dies. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm gonna rate this. What are we rating it out of? Okay, I'm gonna rate it because we're not doing rusty, boring pitchforks. No, I'm not doing that with right. you. I'm not. I'm what not... are we doing? <laughs> You're not let's go, let's go with. Let's that. go with. Uh, um, I don't even know what that saw is called that he used on the um, circular saw. The circular saw that he killed the guy with. I want to do something with the jewel tones. <laughs> Insurrectionists. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give it a three point seven. 3.7. Okay. I thought it was... I, Like I said, I'm, I, have, I have a very hard time being objective. I understand that there was flaws with the movie. That's fine. I thought the whole mob scene was pointless and dumb. But I I just... I thought it was good. I thought the kills were good. I was into it. 3.7. Okay. You don't have to look at me. Just do it, dude. I'm going to do a, th- uh, a 2.75. Okay. Which I specifically want to remind everybody that is better than average. Two and a half is average. Okay. It's better than average. Great kills, great gore, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the idea, the, the, the concepts were there. 
Mm-hmm. The concepts for what this movie could have been were there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just got completely derailed by that silver tongue devil Tommy. Anthony it. Michael Hall, they were like, hey, we got you for this movie. We got to give you uh, something to do. You're Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. And he. Here. Was he the original Tommy? No. No, okay. So it's like, because Kyle was the original yeah. girl. They brought back all sorts of original people from the original movie. But not Anthony Michael Hall. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, but they were like, we got Anthony Michael Hall, we got to give you something to do. So here, take over the town. I hate him. Have all of the the police and sheriffs just be like, oh, we can't stop you. He ruined it for me. I fucking hate him. Yeah. I give us a 2.0. Okay. All right. All right. Which, which puts us at a, uh, a 2.816666. Okay, okay. It's fair. But so before we go. So before. Sam did his big reveal. Yes. Here's, here's where I think part three is going to go. Oh, okay. So uh, part three is going to pick up Michael Myers <laughs> looking out. Through the window. window, through the window. <laughs> this goddamn window. Just, well, because here's the thing. They said that there's going to be a four-year time jump, but we don't know when that happens. Okay. We don't know if that happens at the start of the movie. We don't have. Uh, it, it could be in the middle. It could be at the end. We have no idea. So this is going to come out of left field. But be prepared. <laughs> Deal with me here. Deal with me here. That is literally the story of my life. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Judy Greer's blood uh-huh. is going through the cracks in the hardwood flooring. Okay, yeah. No, he's you're standing, never going to get that he's, out. He's, no, he's, in that beautiful home. He's staring out the window. The two, Big John, Little John are off in the corner. Michael doesn't know. Doesn't know what? That he's being streamed live. <laughs> oh, my God. On fear.com. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Dorff appears. Oh, my God. <laughs> from out of the back of the Dude, house. Welcome, welcome to Sam's Conspiracy Corner. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to have you. Natasha McAllenhan. <laughs> Just comes out of the back corner and embraces Stephen Dorff. And like, she says, Fear.com is back. <laughs> Stephen Dorff says, I know, baby. Like Stephen Dorff, like the actor? Stephen Dorff says, I know, baby. <laughs> Gives her a deep, passionate kiss. What? As Halloween. What's the name of the third one? Halloween Ends, dies, or dies. Halloween one of those. Dies or something like that. The, the credits roll. Dun, dun, dun. And then there's a dot 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 to be continued. Fear.com part two. That's just the whole movie. <laughs> you pay 20 bucks to go what? see a three minute movie to find a out the way to be a 15 minute movie. Let's go. Why Stephen Dorff? Because Stephen Dorff was in Fear.com. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so we're getting a Fear.com Halloween crossover? Yep, I'm here for it. It's here. It's happening. I don't have any. This is this is this is what that. they've written to. All right, <laughs> Jesus Christ. To get us a little bit back on track to something a little bit more fun, before we get to the house. That wasn't really fun. <laughs> That's true. Stephen Dorff is always fun. Uh, but before is we, it <laughs> I just can't win with you. No, I know. <laughs> you told me to interject whenever I wanted, and I appreciate it. And you've done Here a great job. Um, no, this was something that Palmer wanted to do after mentioning off mic after last week's episode that one of the things that bugged him the most of H2O was Michael looked like Beaker from the Muppets. He does. Uh, On H2O, yeah. After he said that to me, I can't unsee it. So, thank you for that. Here are the masks in this You're list welcome. from all the movies in chronological order. So, I'm going to ask the both of you, what are yours from worst to best? And I will give you mine first. Worst, Halloween Michael mask. Halloween 5. Then 4. Then Resurrection. Then H2O. Then Halloween 6. Then you got the two zombie films. 
mm-hmm. then the current Michael mask, and then Halloween 2 and 1, which is almost the same mask. So the only difference being well, the Halloween 2 mask is a little bit more. You have that down. as your last yeah. favorite? No, no, no. From worst to best. Oh, okay. So yeah. my best is the first Halloween. My worst is Halloween 5. Okay, fair enough. And I do yeah. like the zombie masks, even though one of them looks like it might as well have just been Leatherface. Mm-hmm. You want me to jump off with the second? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. I, I don't have it written down. One is definitely the original. Mm-hmm. That's Two, your best? Yes, that's yeah. my best. Okay. That's my best. Two is uh, Zombies Halloween, the first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, three is the 2018. Okay. okay. Yep. Four is the new one. Which is okay. the same. It's like Halloween, Halloween 1 kills. and 2, and it's like Halloween and Halloween Kills, where it's the same mask, but they're just more fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 5 is, is Halloween 2, uh, and then we get... Uh, you could loosely yeah. throw in... Dude, that beaker thing fucked me. 4 when, through when, 6. <laughs> with 6 being the absolute worst, because it's yes. it's it's like Shatner had plastic surgery and then had his face you covered think six in a fucking... 6 is the worst? Yeah, I really Dude, don't look like at this six. mask for Halloween 4. He just looks constantly surprised. What's he looks four? constipated. What is 4 in Roman numerals? Can someone help me? <laughs> IV. IV, yes. So it's, it's number 3, okay. Halloween 4. Okay. Yes. He just so, looks constantly surprised, like... Oh, it's you caught me killing someone. Oh, shit. Now I'm going to have to kill you, too, I guess. I don't know. It's also the nostrils and the uh, the, it's, the eyebrows. It's, it's like, like Halloween 5 is terrible because the mask just doesn't fit. And mm-hmm. so, like, the neck is just yeah. flapping around like a turkey neck. But it's a mask, so it's okay. It's yeah. not like it's supposed to be his but, like, face. Halloween 4 legitimately just looks like what you would get at, like, Spirit of Halloween. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with Sam. Four is worse. I don't. I I just I disagree. Uh, and then finally, my my last two. Uh, so what's are, what is your are, worst? Our resurrection, and then H two O is the worst. Beaker is your worst. Is my worst. You think that's I, worse than Halloween's four or five? I actually cannot stand it. Oh, which sorry, man. which one is the worst? Resurrect resurrection. H two O. Huh. Okay. I would rather have the Halloween resurrection mask than I would the H two O mask. I mean, I'd rather have either one of those than Halloween 4 or 5. I do not. I have a real problem with Halloween Resurrections. Uh, the eyebrows. They are like... Like, tweezed and <laughs> perfectly arched. It was it, it was eyebrow threading before people knew what eyebrow threading was. Yeah, like, it's it's weird. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I agree with both of you, really. Tell, I think my favorite one is obviously the original, followed by I, the 2018-2021. Yeah, I do, I do, I, really I do really like, like what they've done with the mask in these movies. I think my my least favorite though is probably Halloween Four. <laughs> just it's, it's 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 really bad. It's so terrible. It really is because it, it's also like it's flat, but also bumpy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And I he don't has he, I, he has jowls. He does. Why? It's saggy down here. It sags here. here. It looks he looks like a fat ass. They're trying to emphasize his age. Okay, well he looks fat. (laughs) His fat age. And he has jowls, which I don't appreciate. Hey, my dog has jowls. I appreciate. I have jowls, but it's all good. (laughs) No, I do. Um, But then my my second least favorite is. Halloween Resurrection. Please, please do write in, tweet us, whatever. Tell us what your favorite and your least favorite is. Yeah, but there's a bunch of them. Explain, are... like, explain to us or explain to Palmer while 
His view on it looking like Beaker is correct. Mm-hmm. It is certainly, without a doubt, not the worst Halloween mask. Well, and you also well, have to take worst. into account the hair, which I feel like we're not. The hair yeah, mask combo. The hair. And if you're looking at the hair, Halloween three. 5 is the worst. It, Halloween 2 is also very bad. Oh, you the pompadour? You don't yeah, like the pompadour no. that he's rocking in Halloween 2? Why two? this? No, Halloween 5. Like, look at that hair. That's... The hair, the mask that doesn't fit, the eyes that are at like different it levels. Looks like like he looks like Cage. the he looks like he came out of the hills. Headline. It looks like Nicholas Cage a little bit. It kind of does. <laughs> I don't see. I don't mind that. I don't like the. I don't like a quaffed hair. And it's the hair from H two O that makes it look like Beaker. Yes, it is a hundred percent. It is the hair, and that that's where that comment <laughs> came from. It, he's not wrong. I know. That's why I said it. Okay, but I also <laughs> hate his oh, is that, is that is that true? You're not wrong because you said it. What about Pat's face? <laughs> oh my gosh. We don't talk about that. We don't say anything like that. Yeah, you guys are not allowed to. Neither of you are allowed to talk about Pap smears. Okay, <laughs> let's just put a moratorium on I'm all Pap smears. I'm just talks. saying. <laughs> okay. I'm on the only one who's allowed to talk about Pap smears. On that note, before I get into any more trouble, mm-hmm. because I have had too much to drink tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. This is the housekeeping segment of the show. <laughs> in case you were not aware, I'm wrapping things up before. <laughs> Before anything else can be said or done about any of this. Uh, actually, hold on. Do we want to do uh, eulogy? Yeah. What do we have to sure. say? I think week? it's just fun for Halloween. It's it's Halloween this year. What are the kids doing? Okay. What are, what's everybody what are the dressing costumes? Up? Yeah. What's everyone dressing up so as? So I'm dressing up <laughs> Excuse me, as a witch, and Silas is dressing up as a dragon. Okay. I'm, actually, I'm really looking forward to seeing Silas it's as It's going to be cute. Ben has yet to figure out if he's dressing up or not. He'll probably pull something together last minute. Mm, okay. Mm, I hope he doesn't. That way I don't feel left out. He, I mean, it will just be like, he's like, I'm going to be like a farmer. Yeah. Uh, my child's favorite movie is Minions right now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as a result, I am Gru. Kelly is Lucy. And uh, my son is a minion. What's the Lucy in the movie? She's the, the, the wife in the later, not in the oh, first movie. Okay. The yeah, the he second gets married? Movie. Yeah, yeah. Aww, at the end of the second movie. He finds love? Yeah. <gasps> That's so good for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife and I don't have costumes. Uh, we didn't really think that far ahead. We talked about it's it, okay. but we never really it's did right. it. Uh, <laughs> but for this year, I didn't have costumes my first job. Yeah, no, just for absolutely this year. not. My she's first, uh, she's gonna be like in her because she can't walk yet. So she's gonna be in her stroller. She's probably gonna be asleep by the time we actually do anything. Uh, but we got her like this cute little like nightmare on Nightmare Before Christmas themed dress. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got like a Jack Skellington head like right in the middle. It is um, very everything. cute. I've seen it. Um, so she'll be in that. Uh, I know that I originally said that every year for the first five years are going to be Annabelle themed, uh, but since you can't walk, it's not as creepy. It's not. Yeah. It's it's really not creepy to see Annabelle just being pushed in a stroller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit. Um, but starting next year, it's going to be, and it makes it really easy for me because it's really easy for me and my wife to obviously just dress up as like normal people being terrorized by Annabelle. Okay. 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 You're going to put a wig on her though. Yeah. Why did you sound it. cockney when you said that? <laughs> you gonna put a wig on her? Hey, hey! Are you gonna put a wig on her? I don't know. Sometimes it comes out. It does. Even though it, I... it does, the the, the British Canadian <laughs> comes out. <laughs> My mother is British. It doesn't come out from nowhere. Are you gonna put a wig on her though? Yeah, we're gonna try. I mean, obviously, we understand that. You know, next next year when Halloween rolls around, it should be like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stay on for very long. I could go yeah. to put a wig on her. <laughs> there it is. There we go. 
there it is. Uh, this is the housekeeping now. Thanks for listening. I hope you all have enjoyed this Halloween episode in spite of the fact that I've been really, really drunk. And uh, I don't think you sounded that drunk. No, you stopped drinking as much once you finished that bottle of wine. I did. I'm going to go right back to it as soon as we're done recording. Yeah, yeah, for proud sure. Of you, um, yeah, I'm proud of me too. That's how I get myself up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> with a bottle of wine? With a, and, and a pat on the back. <laughs> you Sam did also, it. I will say, though, Sam's also drank five White Claws. Yeah, yeah, and I feel totally fine, so something's wrong with me. I am th- have only drinking two drinks. I got kind of drunk last night, so I think I'm back. Yeah, in you need to get back on board. Well, what I, the was, fuck is I wrong was trying. With you? I was trying to keep a level head Alex because trying to I focus. feel like I was going to be the only person yeah. here. She was the rational was, person. I was trying to be. Oh, I, I was on an island, uh, and I didn't. And I get real sensitive. Uh, <laughs> when because I, here's the problem, man. We've seen too it. Much. Here's the problem, man. We've seen it. What happens when Alex defends herself when she's drunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's true. I didn't want. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're we're wrapping up with October. Can we tell them what November is going to be? I don't know what November is no, going to be. You don't remember? No. What is November? Oh, Alex! Alex introduced the scenes. I'm going to let her introduce it. Okay. It's so this is November because of you know turkey and yeah. eating. It's going to be movies that feature coroners eating around dead bodies. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Alex. Alex pulled together some great movies for next month. So that's we're true. that is the theme. That's coroners true. eating in un comfortable spot. Because it's a staple. You rest your sandwich on the body when you've got yeah. to talk to somebody when they come in and ask questions. Yeah. It's the yeah. trope. It's going to it's gonna feature one of our favorite and most discussed tropes. Yeah, it is. We actually have talked about that multiple times we in the have. podcast already, and we are about to have a whole month dedicated to it. Yep. It has yeah. to do with food. Thanksgiving month. It's yeah. going to be great. Yep. Yep. So get your butts ready. November's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. All right. Uh, as always, you can follow us on all social medias, uh, the major ones, because we still have yet to start a TikTok, even though we're talking about starting a TikTok. Okay, and there's okay. so many we'll start a TikTok once to Palmer. Out. Alex will start our TikTok once Palmer figures out our streaming. Uh, I'm just saying, if there's a TikTok going on, we'll be able to stream on TikTok. <laughs> You don't stream on Twitter. I guess you can actually. See, that means we gotta start doing dances and shit. No, 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 no. How many times do I have to tell you that TikTok does not have anything to do with dances? I TikTok is fine. On TikTok. TikTok okay, well, is fine for us. You guys are on the weird TikTok then. Uh, what weird TikTok? What? What? Dancing TikTok? TikTok is for like children. Just say TikTok 15 times to yourself really fast. Yeah, exactly. It gets weird. You can follow us on. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Terry and Podnito. You can follow us individually too. I'm Palmer at Sternforth. Sam at St. Eves. I'm Alex at A Looters. Uh, right. you, yeah. We also have a Discord. I'll put the link in the podcast description. Um, and again, come, we, we will be streaming again at some point once our schedule gets Yes, normal. once I figure out how to, um, you know, not have my computer. Your computer sounds like it's about to rocket ship. It does. To it the really next does. world. Um, I don't know why. So we might have to figure out some other way. I think it's because I'm doing like the stream and the garage band. All I can at the set same up time. I'll bring my old laptop. We can just use that to stream. Um I think Or maybe use your tower. I think what I might do is just record the video next time from the stream and then just take the MP three from the recording. Oh interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see if that we'll see if that works. Um, yeah, I do too. We're gonna have to we see. do a test run. Y'all let us know when we do it. I'll let you, I'll let you guys know when we're doing it, and then you f- give us feedback. Right. 
on whether or not it's acceptable. People who listen to our podcast are good at giving us feedback. They are. They are indeed. Um, (laughs) Not always very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more of what you have come to know and love from us. And as always, keep it creepy. Oh my God. Did you hear this emphasis (laughs) on the wrong syllable?